Hello everyone, it's time to return to the Tomb of Annihilation. Let's jump right in. The friends. Hello the everyone! Friends. Hello! Are we ready for more adventures in the land of Cholt? I'm ready yes. for my sandwich. Yes, sandwich, <laughs> yeah, sandwich would be a good start. So, uh... I'll be back Last, in a sec, sorry. We've, we've come back from a short hiatus, but uh, we'll jump straight in. Last time you arrived in Port Nianzaru, the main uh, trade port, well, sort of the main settlement of Cholt, as most of it's just primeval jungle. You made contact with Wakunga, one of the merchant princes, who... Gave you a lead to follow about the Death Curse, the ancient lost city of Mesro, and also agreed to have the Merchant Prince's finance an expedition into Cholt so that you could get to the bottom of this Death Curse if you would do a favour for him. And that favour ended up being to compete in the most important dinosaur race of the year to try and bait out a competitor who may have been cheating to undermine the influence of the merchant princes. You competed, you won the race, and you managed to discover that the, the cheating team uh, was headed up by some Yuan T who were engaging in a subtle campaign to undermine the legitimacy of the races. You put a stop to this and fulfilled your end of the bargain. And then, having retired to the Thundering Lizard Tavern, you enjoyed a night being hailed as heroes, the winners of the great race. It is now the very next day crawled out of your rooms in the Thundering Lizard and you come down into the lobby that at this time of the morning is actually rather empty and there is still a bit of detritus from last night's party scattered around. A couple of empty mugs, some pieces of paper and confetti scattered all over the floor, torn up party decorations. But all of the revelers from last night are no longer in attendance, and the only one to greet you as you step out into the main tap room is the bartender, an ivory-skinned man with flowing shoulder-length blonde hair in a purple cloak. As he sees you, he raises his right hand and waves, and he smiles, and he says, Ah! The Champion Races! I hope you enjoyed your night on the house in my humble establishment. Hmm. Yeah, David misses having a bed to sit on and not actually sleep. Hmm. <laughs> he smiles and chuckles and he says, Well, well, uh, you did not get much sleep last night anyway, if I recall. Uh, the Great Race uh, is quite the uh, celebration here in Port Nianzaru, and to be hosting the winners, no less, in my establishment. 
was an enjoyable night. He smiles once again. He then he then raises one finger, holds it up and he says, Oh, yes, uh, before I forget, a message arrived by Bird about uh, ten minutes ago. He reaches into his purple cloak and he pulls out a small roll of parchment. He unfurls it, he says, It appears you have a meeting scheduled uh, with Wakanga in his villa. He says, do not keep him waiting, as he has Jobal and the other merchant princes in attendance. Hmm. As you... The barkeep that says, oh, one more thing. Uh, your crew members of your ship, uh, Jacob, Robert, and Frederick... Uh, they said to tell you they were heading down to the harbour to do some work on the ship and make sure she is seaworthy. Yay! He claps his hands together and he says, Well, he then takes a bow with a flourish, steps away from the bar and says, I am here at your service, but I believe you have a busy day ahead of you, champions. And he gestures towards the door which is already open, and you can already see the blistering tropical sunlight filtering through from the streets outside. Elle just already has her goggles on so she can actually see outside. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, bright, bad. So, is there <laughs> anything you would like to do before you head up to see Joe Bal? Uh, not particularly. Not particularly for Bal. Bal's happy just to... Oh, pardon me, uh, head straight there. Yep, Don't Bulb is... have anything massively worth selling. Nah. I'll just head straight there. Yep, you head straight there. Yeah. As you leave, as you leave, Veska gathers her supplies and she pats Sir Lucian on the back as he's hunched over one of the tables where he's apparently spent the entire night. He looks up, contemplates the empty flask in front of him, takes a yawn and says, oh, uh, death curse aside, that was a mighty fine brew you have here. The barkeep looks over at him, he says, ah, yes, uh, Port Nianzaru's uh, famed beverage. I believe the main ingredient, banana juice, is <laughs> really refreshing during the tropical heat. At this, so Lucian just frowns, contemplating the empty flag, and then he pushes it away, stands up, brushes his armour off, and he says, well, I know not to drink at this establishment anymore. <laughs> oh, what's wrong with bananas? Bobbitt likes them. <laughs> he sighs, and he says, well, we're burning daylight, let's get going. And turns his back to the table, and pompously follows you all out into the streets as you head up to the merchant's ward. You walk through the streets of Port Nianzaru, still astounded by some of the wonderful sights in this city. You see once again the tabaxi minstrels wandering the streets, performing for anyone who tosses them a few coins, even at this early hour of the morning. You marvel at the walls that divide the city into districts and the murals of dinosaurs, mountains and 
mythic heroes. You Bulb and Ava stop as you move to the merchant's district and take a moment to survey the flowers, the green plants and the vines that grow everywhere, seeming to spring out of the building stones themselves. The profusion, This profusion Sorry. of greenery needs constant tending to prevent roots and shoots from damaging buildings or roof tiles, and in addition to the tabaxi minstrels, gardeners scurry about in the streets attending to all of the growths and offshoots. But eventually you arrive at Wakunga's villa. You press on through the iron gates, make your way up the grounds, and this time you are not accosted by floating swords or the guards. Instead, you find Wakunga's servant who bows to you as you approach and pushes open the heavy oaken doors, granting you access to the villa. He leads Thank you, you leads you through the villa, through the through the tapestries that through the tapestries and rugs that seem to sniff at you like animals as you walk past past the floating swords, maces, and shields, the suits of armor that stand to attention and salute as you walk past, until you once again find yourselves in Wakunga's opulent lounge room. The marbled floors sparkle to a mirror sheen, and already Wakunga and a man you can only assume to be Joe Bal are reclined on the pile of cushions, waiting for you. Wakunga raises his arms in greeting and he says, Ah! The victorious champions! Come, come! Take seats, make yourselves comfortable. I will have monkey fruit tea brought out for you shortly. Hmm. Well, once again, dives to the uh, nearest cushion she can find. Yep. Bowl, Ava graciously sit down or scramble for the nearest cushion or bow before you sit down or uh, Bob bows and then perches on the back of a chair yep what he said <laughs> you both take a bow introducing yourselves to Gobal and reintroducing yourselves to Wakunga once again then you take a seat down on the cushions next to Bobbit. Wakunga looks at you each in turn, and Jabal sizes you up as you wait for the servants to return with cups of monkey fruit tea. Jabal is a youngish man with leathery brown skin and a black afro, and a rather magnificent beard. Both his afro and his beard are edged with slightly greying hairs. Which is strange considering his age. He looks at you each in turn through narrow eyes that betray nothing. And then he smiles, nodding to himself, as if happy with his appraisal. The servants hand out cups of monkey fruit tea to everyone, and then after you take your sips and feel that euphoria welling up in front of you, so Lucian instead just places his cup on the floor and says, Hmm, 
Well, I know better than to drink any of the pleasantries that this city provides. Folding his arms. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> Wakunga smiles and he says, Well, so we should get to business first and foremost. You fulfilled your end of the bargain. You exposed the cheating Yuan team in the race. And you came away victorious in the race. I believe you are entitled to some prize money and other rewards, but you were not able to receive them during the ceremony for uh, obvious reasons. He says, he, he nods and smiles and says, so it is my pleasure to provide them to you here now. He reaches into his cloak and pulls out five little leather coin pouches and hands one to each of you. He says that will be uh, 250 gold pieces for each of you, the prize money. Hmm. He says, and a magical scroll of your choice from my library of fourth level or lower. Oh. Oh, 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 y'all shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, it's just staring at, just staring at him with like stars in her eyes going, Thank you. <laughs> he notices, he notices Bobbin's sparkly guys and he just clasps his hands together and he says, Ha, huh, well, I'm glad to see that uh, somebody uh, recognizes the importance of such a gift. Usually, the people who compete uh, just say, ah, you know, piece of paper, uh, sell it at market. Uh, I'm afraid not many of them have uh, such a fondness for the arcane arts as you, young uh, Bobbert. He then smiles and says, or was it Alessandra? We should talk about that afterwards, if that's okay. He claps his hands together. He says, consider it done. Now, I have fulfilled my end of the bargain. I have spoken to the other merchant princes. I have made a proposition and I have got their agreements and assurances that your expedition to Mesro will be fully paid for. That includes rations for the journey, uh, tents and camping equipment, uh, pack animals to carry your supplies... And, of course, uh, there enough supplies of water to last you at least two months in the jungle. He says, oh. unfortunately, if you run out, you will need to resupply or forage within the jungle, but uh, we are in belief that this will be a great boon, a good start to your journey. Hey. He says, there is, uh, of course, one thing that the merchant princes were not willing to pay for that would have to come out of your pocket and that is a guide he looks towards mm. Joe Bal next to him and he says that is of course why I have uh, Joe Bal here with me today Joe Bal just silently nods not saying anything Wakanga continues Joe Bal as part of the arrangement has curated four of his most renowned guide for you to peruse and interview 
at your leisure, and he looks behind himself. He looks over his shoulder, looking out of the large archway that leads out onto the balcony outside, and as he as he watches, you hear movement from the gardens down below. The guards are the guards speaking to some new arrivals in the Tabaxi language, questioning them and asking their business in the villa. Lakunga claps his hands together. He says, "And that would be them arriving now, if I'm not mistaken." He says, "So, I." Uh, I do believe you have uh, some experience with uh, running a business. I've heard that you run a tavern back in Waterdeep. Yeah, yeah, we we we're good at that. He says it's a nice so. Place. I like the basement. <laughs> he chuckles and smiles. And he says, "Hey, a true arcane practitioner would say nothing less." But I assume. Uh, you know best how to interview a prospective employee and figure out what you want. He says, so, I will leave you to it. He and Jabal stand, and they take a step back from the cushions and nod silently at you. Then they turn around and walk out through the archway onto the balcony. And leave you in the lounge room in silence for a few minutes as they wait for the guides to make their way up to this room. While you wait, is there anything you would like to do? Uh, not really. Bob's just waiting. Yep. Um, I'm having to look around see if there's anything interesting in the uh, room. And just as far as curiosity goes. I, I want to see, I guess, uh, if if I perceive anything. So yes, perception. so please, go, both of you go ahead and roll perception. It's going to be a... Wait, say perception? Or... Yep, perception. Okay, well, um, 23. 23. Uh, 19. So as you wait, Bob... 23, 19! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. So as you as you wait for the guides to be brought up, uh, Ava and Bobbit just look around to see what you can see in uh, Wakunga's lounge room. Now that he's not present, you're able to look around a bit more inquisitively, and you find that uh, most of the room is just decked out with uh, fine with, with luck. Fine luxuries, cushions, couches, silks, sofas. It's clearly designed for uh, Wakunga to receive guests. But what you didn't notice your last time here is that there appears to be a small annex off to the uh, right. Uh, an arch, a, a golden framed archway leading into an adjoining room. And through that door you could see what seems to be a sort of library. You see a room with walls that have bookshelves as high as the roof, and the, the, the areas between the bookshelves are groaning under the weight of 
random piles of books that have just been left lying there, not yet sorted into their shelves. And you could see you could see torches glowing with continual flame uh, just hovering between the bookshelves inside and it's quite obvious that Wakunga has uh, amassed quite the collection of texts. Mm. Finally, the door to the lounge room is pushed open and Wakunga's servant enters. He sees you, takes a bow, and he says, Lady Bobbitt and Entourage, your guides have arrived. You will interview them one by one. He smiles. He says, before I bring them in, is there any, uh, do you have any questions you would like to ask? <laughs> mm. Do we have any questions? I'm just imagining Bobbitt, bachelor number one. <laughs> oh god uh, I have no questions for this, the um, helper he nods and he says very well uh, is there anything you would like me to tell them before I bring them in uh, something that they need to be aware of that you are looking for in particular for example uh, hmm Good question. What 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 do we want as far as a guide's concerned? Yeah, what are you like... looking for in a guide? Mm. Veska just Veska just shrugs and says, "Oh well, I just want someone who's not going to lead us into into some pit in the middle of a jungle where we're going to rot to death." I mean, that's pretty much the lowest bar there. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a solid starting point. That's actually a very good question. What? Someone as swift as a Crossing River. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just writing a notepad, just swift as Corsic River, uh, strength of great typhoon, yeah, force <laughs> of raging fire, mysterious as dark side of moon. Yeah, that'll work, that'll work, as you know. <laughs> well, because we don't actually know what we're looking for yet, do we? We we know we're trying to break the curse Death that's happening. Curse, and that you, you know you're headed to Mesro. Yeah, we, but you know we're aside, headed to Mesro. Yeah, aside from that, you don't really know, know particularly what lies in the jungle or in Cholt. It's mainly just what qualities are you looking well, for Well, I, I would think we would kind of know what lies in Cholt. We're from here. Oh, yes, yes. But, like, <laughs> are you looking for a guide who knows how to fight or one who knows particularly knows how to forage for food, or... Uh, someone who's going to get us there the quickest, I think. Hmm. Yeah, that's probably... experience with travel could at least Bulb... hold their own in the fight. Yeah, Bulb is thinking more, who's run... who's returned from the most successful expeditions? Ah. So... Like, one person, one person <laughs> could have gone on fifty expeditions, but only succeeded in two to find what they want. Yeah, he's not exactly the person that we yeah. want. No, but if someone had yeah. been on ten and returned with nine successful, then that he's mm, probably more the person we want. So you tell yeah, this to uh, the servants, and the servant says, "Ah, so you are looking for experience and efficiency. I shall let the prospective employees know." Yeah, someone who's good. <laughs> he smiles. He says, "Food." He says, I basically have covered. Yeah, where I can just cast Goodberry 
Yes, yeah, food. In terms of like, yeah. A 24 Plus, hours we're set. It's more if we go for more than four days. Without... Yeah. Mm, Plus mm. you do have, um, you do have like a month's supply of rations and mm. stuff that the merchant princes are, are providing. And and I do have uh, survival on nature. I yeah. have nature, so I would be able to identify non-deadly plants. Yeah. Not to mention so, that if you take your ship uh, a portion of the way, you would have food on the ship that you can eat. Yes, you can also fish from the ship. So, yeah, it's, it's... A guy who can find food while useful is probably not as useful as to a party with different composition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So maybe fair. someone who's not going to die in the first fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, someone yeah. who knows how to handle themselves. Have the strength of a great tech. Exactly. Yeah, and Steve, and know where it works. <laughs> the servant Why did we nods. Cut this out of the damn remake. <laughs> the servant nods and he departs the room to impart your instructions to the guides. And then, about thirty seconds later, the door opens once again, and the first prospective guide enters. A young Cholton human female with brown skin brown eyes and long flowing red hair enters. She looks perhaps no older than her mid-twenties and as she she (laughs) smiles at each of you you notice that her face that the right side of her face is decorated with a long claw shaped scar. Mm. She takes a bow and she says, I am Azaka. If you need a guide to get you through the jungle alive, look no further. I was born in the jungle. I know its dangers well and how best to avoid them. Should you choose me, you may rest assured that your party is in safe hands. I charge five gold coins per day and I require a 30-day payment up front. However... For those adventurers who aid me in a personal quest, I will waive my fee and guide them to places no one has found. This quest will take us to Firefinger, the evil terror folk that roost atop Firefinger stole a wooden mask from me on one of my previous expeditions, and I want it back. She purses her lips and crosses her arms. She looks at you and says, any questions? Uh, just a... of character. Could we have the uh, map of Chult up, please? Uh, sure, yes, I'll get that for Thanks. you. The map of Chult. So, there's the jungle well. Is Here it, is the map of Chult. Where are the Firefingers? Mount Firefinger is not on the map, but would you like to ah, ask okay. her where it is? Well, mm. yeah, that will be Bob's first question, is where exactly is Mount Firefinger? She smiles. She says, about t- about a ten days journey to the south. And she marks it on your map of Chult. It is right here. Oh, well, uh, immediately we can go, that's a possibility. It's not far from Mesro. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty much a straight journey down the river to Firefinger mm. and then a couple days east to Met- Mesro. Okay. Do we have like our own map to work with? Yes, yes. Forward? Yeah, you've been given... Like, 
As I say, Bolt would like to draw her own little copy of that, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, you just sit down next to the big map of Cholt that Syndra Sylvain gave you, and you're just copying out the rough outline of the area and uh, scrawling mm. the line of the river and just marking where Firefinger and Mesro are. Azaka yeah. smiles. She says, anything else? Uh, what is your experience as a guide? Like, how many expeditions have you been on? How many have been deemed a success? Gee. Uh, and how many have been deemed failures? She thinks for a moment, then she frowns, and she says, Well... No expeditions as such. However, I have transported dangerous goods through the jungle. I was born in the jungle, grew up there, and know my way around it. Would you mark on the map where you were born? She nods. She comes over to your map and marks a location a bit to the a bit to the uh, south west of uh, Port Nianzaru, uh roughly here, near the city of Mbala. Okay, so if you were born there, you would know the safest ways to these areas, then? She nods. <clears throat> she says, make no mistake, I've been all around the jungle in my life as both a courier and adventurer, and I've seen most of what Cholt has to offer. Hmm. And as... Oh, sorry. Everyone else asks questions. I've been asking too many. <laughs> I know, but you're doing so well. <laughs> what, what is what your is... experience in combat? Have she's... you experienced combat? She smiles, folds her, uh, unfolds her arms and places one hand up on her scar on her cheek. She smiles and says, Let us just say that if we are to if we are to be waylaid in our travels, I know how to handle myself. I will bear my fangs and my claws. Hmm. Would I be able to tell what the scar is from? Um, you may make uh you may make an insight check if you like. Uh uh, that was only a nine. Yeah, it could just be any... Could be any large creature that slashed her on the face. If you were to have a fighting style, what would you say it is? She says, hmm, up close and personal, no weapons. Mano so, in mano, ooh. or mano in womano. Ah, so... <laughs> So, yeah, we could say she's a monk. Hmm, As like you... Metagaming. Meta yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, she monk? just smiles and laughs to herself and says, Let me assure you, my style is not one you would have seen before. Ooh. Um... Mm, I likes new stuff. Hmm. Well, these... This courier job that you had... Was that independent or with a, a group? She says, I have worked on behalf of the Merchant Princes. I occasionally have worked for the factions, the Emerald Enclave, the Zentarum, the Lord's Alliance, all of them in various different capacities. 
she says, I care not who, she says, I care not who I work for, just that they, just that they are able to provide the payment that they promise. Okay. So a mercenary monk? Yeah, I guess that seems to be a good way to sum her up. Hmm. Potentially many, um, references. Mm. Payment that they prompt. Okay. She seems interesting. That being said, she is applicant one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, move along and see how she we go. Should not, fit, should not fall in love immediately. Yeah. <laughs> she simply... I know, she's got a pretty good case for herself so <laughs> no, far. No, yeah, she's had a good case so far. She simply takes a bow, smiles, and says, Remember, Azaka is who you want. And then Azaka. she leaves the room. Hmm. There is silence for a few moments, and then the door... at number two! <laughs> the door opens, and the next candidate, or rather candidates, enter. You see two tabaxi enter the room. A female tabaxi with orange fur and a black eye patch, and behind her, looking a lot warier, a haggard-looking grey-furred tabaxi who silently appraises the room as he enters. I'm just they... picturing Khajiit. Yep, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> they can show you the way if you give them the coin. <laughs> they both stand in front of you and the orange-furred female tabaxi takes a bow. She smiles, showing her feline teeth. And then she says... Beware the other no-good flunkies of Jabal. They are as trustworthy as a sack of snakes, just like most of the guides in Chult. If you choose us, we will never lead you astray. River and Flask are up to the task. That's our motto. Chult is our <laughs> playground. <laughs> River and Flask are up to the task. I, that's that's cute. I like okay, that. they've got a point. They've got a point. <laughs> Chult is well, our they play. Have the river pod in their name. They do. Mm. Chult is our playground. We're fast, reliable, and know where we're do know what we're doing. Five pieces per day and a thirty-day advance is what Osaka demands. But we're happy to serve as guides for only four pieces a day and no upfront payment. Even better. We'll waive the fee entirely for equal shares of whatever treasure we help find. Mm. The grey-furred, the grey-furred tabaxi just nods in agreement. The four GP a day. No upfront, and... no upfront payment, and the fee will be waived for an equal treasure, an equal share of whatever treasure they help you find. Sounds mm. suspicious. Okay. Both Tabaxi then Both Tabaxi <laughs> then bow with a flourish in front of you, and the orange-furred female Tabaxi says, "River mist and flask of wine," gesturing to the other Tabaxi. At your service. I love Tabaxi names. <laughs> I, yeah, this I love the names, but they take so long um, on your own. Okay, well, I guess. First question is how many expeditions and how many were successes and how many were failures? They look at each other 
and seemingly silently discuss something. And then River Mist turns back to you and says, Cutlass Expeditions! Upwards of 20 or more, all successful! She then looks at Flask of Wine and he smiles oh, and sorry. leans in to whisper something to her in Tabaxi. Bobbit, please make a perception check. I was about to ask for an insight check. <laughs> well, you can probably make one as well. Um, perception 16. <laughs> you hear Flask of Wine whisper expeditions, assassinations. What's the difference? Uh, yeah, but you guys didn't hear that though. Only I heard <laughs> no, that. No, that's true, true. <laughs> I was gonna say, because, uh, yeah, Bobbit's uh, lovely new thing from Level Up. Bobbit can actually talk to him. Bobbit looks at him and just goes, So, uh, does anyone else think there's a difference between assassinations and expeditions? Yes. Both yes, to backseat. Both to Baxi just are suddenly taken aback and they both just go Bobbit just, yeah, just stares at both of them and smiles and says into Baxi, you should be careful who you say things in front of. People might listen. Flask of wine smiles and he speaks for the first time into Baxi. He says Your curiosity is already matching of an adult, little one. He says, yes, expeditions and assassinations are different in practice, but we have hunted targets who hide in the depths of the jungles. We made it there undetected, performed our given task, and returned unharmed. I mean, they have a point. There's yeah, there's it, it'd be like getting led by oh, Reva. Does Bobbin <laughs> translate that for us? Yes, yes, Bob, it's, Bob, it's uh, over. Bob would like to say to fellow party members, um, we have people that don't like us. Being led by assassins into a place where we could easily disappear is not an ideal situation that Bob mm. would like to be in. So mm. you're saying there could be double agents? It's not that they're double agents, it's just that the Zentarum or Xenophar, or anybody that we crossed in um, Waterdeep water could have hired anybody to try and kill us. That hmm. is entirely true. Flask of Wine looks over at his mm. orange furred companion, and he reaches into his cloak, pulls out something and hands it to her. She takes it and proffers it to you all and says... We've worked with the Emerald Enclave and have their uh, accreditation. And she, and you notice the thing she's holding in her paw is an Emerald Enclave insignia. However, it's looking particularly battered and worse for wear. Can I have a look at it and do an insight check? You to may see do an insight check, please, Bob. Because <laughs> they could have killed one of the Emerald. Yeah, is that the start of doing that? An 18. You notice that the design on the patch is quite a bit out of date. It would have been this is it would have been handed out maybe five or six years ago and is not the same as the patch that you, Ava, Bobbit and Zinhorn all have. So the patch on my cloak. Yeah. For example. Yeah. Can I just move so that 
the emblem on my cloak is quite visible to them. River Mist. See how they react. River Mist simply shrugs and she says, "Ah, so what? We worked for them a long time ago and haven't worked since. Not a big problem, I think." Mm. It's what? a big deal if you want to work for the Zentaran. What was the nature of your business for the Emerald Enclave? They look at each other. Flask of wine leans in and whispers something in his companion's ear. Bobbit, please make a perception check with disadvantage. Oh no, yeah, disadvantage. I, I rolled a 19 and a 2, so oh, yeah. yeah. No! I didn't hear a damn thing. Unfortunately, you don't make out quite what he whispers. River Mist just looks up at you and says, Oh, well, we was assisting the druid with finding uh, some, some ingredients in the jungle. Yes, yes. Okay. I feel like um, I turned him into an ingredient or something. Bulb has already made up his mind against River and Flask, but... Yeah, you, yeah you I, think we're too, I think we're too suspicious of them to, to yeah. trust them. So you'd like to send them on their suspicious. way? Yeah. Nah, we'll we'll tell them. Uh, we'll do the we'll, we'll do the usual. Don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah, so yeah, deal. We will keep you in mind, but we do have two more applicants that we must listen to before we make up our mind. Thank you for applying. They both nod and bow, and as they walk out of the room, a gust of wind blows in from the balcony and lifts up the back portion of Flask of Wine's cloak. I would like all of you to please make perception checks. Oh, nat 20. Nat 20. I got a 16. As they, as they leave the room, Bulb, you catch for a fleeting second, tattooed in the tabaxi's grey fur, an image of a winged serpent. No. Ah, uh, there it is. Right, so Sneaky while we're motherfuckers. In, while we're in the port, we must stay vigilant. I <laughs> wait until the other two, unless someone else saw can, it. Can we communicate to someone that we would like them to be uh, kept an eye on? You can. You you can. Um, as the you can motion for the servant to come in and speak to you as the as the tabaxi leave. Yeah, uh, we just keep an eye on them. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe we'll uh, ask the servant to come in. Before he brings in the next candidate, he enters the room, pulls the door shut behind him, and he says, Is everything going well with the candidates? Uh, well, before we came here, we were part of a uh, treasure hunt. I guess would be the best way to say it, in Waterdeep. And we crossed the Zanifar's Guild and the Zentarum and a few of non-savory types. Uh, those two guides are part of Zentarum, and I don't want to overstep our um, bounds here, as I know we aren't exactly guests, we're just potential business partners. Um, but is there any way that we can ask for them 
to have an eye kept on them to make sure that they are not here on a contract for our heads. He nods. He says, I will have this message passed along to Joe Val. Do not worry. I will have them surveilled as they leave the villa. And as he turns around to leave the room, he snaps his fingers and you see two swords detach from the wall and float out of the room, trailing behind the tabaxi. Mm, I gotta learn how to do that. (laughs) I gotta learn how to do that. That's cool. The door opens once again and the third candidate enters. You see... Bachelor number three. See it. (laughs) Short, stocky figure, based on his proportions and his long, flowing beard of white hair. You'd say he is a dwarf. However, he's not a dwarf like any you've seen before. His skin is pale white and his face is covered in blue tribal or shamanistic tattoos. Would I be able to see if I recognise any of this from my travel? Ah, yes. Yes, please make a nature check with advantage, please, Ava, because you're from here. Neat. Alright, so that is... Where's my nature? Uh, 17 plus 6. He, you recognise him as an albino dwarf. A... <laughs> Sub a sub race of dwarves that are native to Chult. They're oh, like, he's a native. Like most dwarves, they have a reputation for being uh, trustworthy, hard-working folk. Hmm. We like dwarves. The yep. albino dwarf smashes okay. his fist against his chest and he says, "I, me name be Musharib." The jungle is me home, I know it well. I can guide you anywhere in Cholt for a fee of five gold pieces a day. If adventure is what you seek, join me quest to reclaim Rakhamar, my clan's ancestral forge. A volcanic <laughs> eruption forced us to abandon it many years ago. The fire newts that have since taken over must be driven out or destroyed. At the very oh, least, we must sneak in and recover a relic known as Moradin's Gauntlet. The fire newts must not be allowed to keep it. If you love dwarven kind, then hear me plea and join me in returning Rakhamar to its rightful owners. I'll waive me fee for your promise of assistance. Mm. You're gonna make me all biased. <laughs> 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 uh, could Bob ask him to point this out on the map? Sure. He heads over to your map and marks... Rakhamar, which is quite a far way to the south, in the Valley of Lost Honor. Ooh. Uh, where was that? Oh, ooh. Oh! Okay, this guy's already got my vote because oh? it's right next to the Cobalt Mountains. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, who did he say has taken over, sorry? The Fire yeah. Newts. Oh, Fire, fire Newts. newts. Okay. However, yeah. However, you may or may not know what fire newts are. I'm pretty sure Bold would. I, 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 I yeah, I potentially. <laughs> uh, we can do a nature check to see if we know what they are. Well, you. Well, Bobby could just Bobby could quite literally just go. What's a fire newt? 
You can. <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> you ask him what's a fire newt, and immediately his, uh... Immediately his entire face boils into an expression of rage, and he says, Ah! Accursed reptiles that live in the flame! Like lizard folk, but they breathe fire! All of them evil, down to the bone! And it's me racial duty to destroy them wherever they're found. Wow, I am out of game having the strangest sense of deja vu right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay. Hmm. Um, well, I... What's your experience in battle? <laughs> oh, he, like that. He turns, a, <laughs> he, he turns around showing you a... Showing you a large Greytax strapped to his back. He then draws it and slashes it through the air in one swift motion. He says, I, me axe has carved through the bones and drunk the blood of many an enemy in me life. And she will stand by ye as her faithful friends and companions. Would you say you enter a rage during a fight? He says, I... I embody the fighting style of the ancient dwarven berserkers. Ooh. Ooh, okay, okay. Fun. Fun. <laughs> okay, well, I he guess... He says, he then, as he slashes his axe through the air, he says, Me rage tempered by the storm magic of the ancestors. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. No, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um... Just metagaming, I might know what subclass he is, but I'm not thinking I'm not thinking too much onto it. Um Okay, well I guess Bob's follow-up question is how many expeditions have you been on and how many have objectively been classed as successes and how many have been classed as failures? He says No lad. When you say expedition, do you count a war march? Yeah, I would think so. You've been to war? Yeah. He says, I, I've led me clan brothers and sisters into a battle against the fire needs and the kobolds. Uh, Many times. the kobolds, you say? He says, yes. He says, the servants Mm. of the red worm must also be stomped into the ground and brought to Mm. Moradin's justice. Oh. Oh. You see? Uh. (laughs) Okay then. You're not a kobold. I'm not not a kobold. He doesn't know. I was raised (laughs) by them though. That's the thing. Um. Interesting. Now, do you consider the kobolds evil intrinsically or because they follow the red worm? He thinks for a moment. He says, Yeah. There was a time in the very distant past when my clan and the kobolds would trade. I, I wager if one were to slay that bitch of a worm, then the kobolds would be left to their own devices, and that I can be satisfied with. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. 
Bald is. <laughs> I love the fact that you were like 110 percent going. Yeah, this dude's awesome. The second mentions kobolds. Ooh. Right. Yeah. No. It's like it's like finding out that someone's like cool, but then but then you find out that they're racist. And it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh boy. No. Oh boy. Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. I could still work with this guy. I could. I could still work with this guy. Um. Well, let's. Say, for example, that yes, we do class war marches as expeditions. Um, yes. So, yeah, go. Yeah. He says, he says mm. I, then I've led, uh, I've led no less than a hundred expeditions, most of them coming back with at least half the participants. Oh. Well, that's something. Okay. Okay, okay. Um... Idea... Mm -hmm. As... The applicants... I'll explain it in between App 3 and App 4. Very well. <laughs> as Musharib takes another bow, he says, just remember, you want steel and bravery in your companion, you want Masharib and his axe. And then he turns around and walks out of the room with her. Oh, but wait, is he as swift as a crossing river? <laughs> you could guess he's probably not... he's strong. Yeah, you know he's strong. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could guess he's probably not that fast because he is a dwarf yeah, and dwarves big, big tend man. to be they tend to be big and strong but not particularly fast they're lethal across short I distances <laughs> lethal across short distances and as he <laughs> leaves the room line. as he leaves the room he smashes the butt of his axe at the oaken door slamming it shut in his way hmm. don't dent the door Hey, he seems angry. And between <laughs> between the last between the applicants leaving and arriving, I would like to turn to the others and go. So so far, we have two applicants that, considering, see, as I believe we are all considering River and Flask to be a no-no. Yep. They're mean kitties. Them seem to have strengths. Other compensates for. Yeah. Right. Seems yes. <laughs> you have one who claims to know the jungle very well, but you aren't entirely certain about her combat prowess. Meanwhile, mm. you're quite certain Musharib can handle his own in combat, but his familiarity with the jungle is maybe uncertain. And the other two are a case of, yeah, sure, they probably know the jungle pretty well, but we have no idea if they're going to slit their throats in their sleep. Yeah. Well, well they're, is, I think so, they're a non-option. Yeah, pretty much at this point. They're probably here to kill us. More than likely, yeah. Aren't we lucky? Are you ready for the fourth and final candidate? Um. What? Hmm? Um... What if we were to consider hiring, unless this fourth applicant 
fills all of our needs by themselves. Oh, you can hire more than one if you want. You just have to pay for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or we what just do all their quests. Yeah, and the ones that have the ones yeah. that have quests, you'll have to, you know, that's part of the agreement of hiring them. So, mm. well, well, it's it's and technically not. Um, you yeah, don't it's more have of to do their quests. Oh it's yeah, just... we'll, we'll yeah, I'll waive my fee if you do this for us. Yeah, mm. it's Bulb himself is not adverse to helping them out. It, yeah, it, if they need it. It would be a grand adventure to go to these yep. places. Especially oh, the Dwarven one. He would love a guide that close to the Kobold Mountains, as long as he can convince him not to kill any Kobolds that we come across. Yeah, yes. there's, yeah there, there's the break from that just, one. She just yeah. likes being out and exploring, so she now, out of game, we do know how hard it is to talk down a barbarian from killing something that they've set their Especially if it's the dwarf. Yes. That's true. Uh, however, we can leave him at the camp while yes. we negotiate with the kobolds <laughs> and potentially find out whether the worm does need to be taken out or not. Mm. Oh um, god, it's just like playing Baldur's Gate. It is. <laughs> and it is. You leave the companions Bulb would to the like it. Bulb would <laughs> like to. And Bulb would like to at least take the risk. That's as, yep. as of of. That's fair yeah, enough. Can... The door opens yeah. and the final. So I, yeah. Yep. The door opens and the final. I was just saying. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> Delay. <laughs> What were you saying? I was just saying I put that towards the other two and uh, leave yep. that for consideration while we look at applicant four. Yep. The door mm. opens and the final applicant enters. A young brown-skinned man, nearly bald save for his black mohawk. As he enters, he flashes you an infectious smile showing his pearly white teeth. He says, Hey, I'm Shago. Former servant Hi. to the Flaming Fist. Ask any member of the Flaming <laughs> Fist. I'm the best. <laughs> Pay, Hi, no <laughs> Pay no heed to the <laughs> other guides. They're soft and weak. I'll get you to wherever you need to go. Fire finger. Curse a ball. The peaks of flame. It doesn't matter. Chult is full of wonders. And Shago knows the way. I'm not afraid of dinosaurs. And as he says this, he draws a scimitar from its hilt, and each of his next words is punctuated with a flourish through the air with his scimitar. Dinosaurs, bugs, or hard work. I can paddle a canoe, start a fire, forage whatever you need. The jungle is overrun with ghouls and zombies, but I have a strong arm and the heart of a Tyrannosaurus. Together, we will conquer this land. Hiya! He just slashes out of fame. I was gonna say, red shirt. I was gonna say, Bullets just, yeah, Bullets just flatly says, it goes, we're gonna die. <laughs> Does Bob know whether Chult has always been full of zombies and ghouls, or is that a recent thing? Because it's, it's pretty he's much the only person. Yeah, it's pretty to much mentioned it. it. It's pretty much been full of zombies and ghouls for like the last hundred last 200 okay, years Okay, okay, so, so it, is a, it is a common thing, okay. Yeah. 200 years okay. or so? Yeah, in fact, the appearance of these zombies <laughs> and ghouls seems to coincide roughly with the disappearance of the people of Mesbro. 
Um, oh, which is okay. something that Ava would be aware of at the very least. Um, okay. Shargo puts away his scimitar. He takes a bow and he says, Five gold pieces a day and a 30-day advance. For that, you get the best guy. For that, you get the mighty Shargo. And as I mean, I'll give him credit. The dude's got charisma at the ass, but... And as he him. makes another flourish... You notice, dangling from his neck, a series of gold and silver medallions. Each of them with the each of them with a sword and shield embossed on it. And um, would we know what they are? Or? No, you'd have to ask. Or you can make uh, an inside check to like see what they medals. See, <laughs> like, might as well do an insight first and then yeah, ask. If you make an inside check, you could at least like decide if they're 14 so they don't appear to be the insignias of a faction rather they appear to be commemorative sort of like trophies okay uh yeah pretty boy trophies shago um come shago what are those medals hanging around your neck he looks down he grabs one he says ah my trophies from my fights in the arena he smiles and winks. He says, yes, yes, you do have the pleasure of having the famed gladiator Shargo at your service. God, I want to fight him. I'm just glad Nami is not in this particular campaign. I was, I'm just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, Namiya would have murdered that bastard. <laughs> yeah, Namiya would immediately... Namiya would probably immediately challenge him to a duel then and there oh, yeah. to test his um, prowess. <laughs> What? I tried to kill him, but either other. <laughs> what? What would you say your fighting style is? He says, "Good old sword and board." <laughs> he says, "Also, so you would be a fighter." Yes, most likely. Okay. I want to okay. kill him so bad. <laughs> he says, "He says they some say the best offense is a good defense is a best. Some say the best defense is a good offense. Some say the opposite." I, I agree with both. Shield and sword. Get in there, block attacks, and then when you see an opening, go! Step, 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 step! I'm gonna die. <laughs> it sounds like everything I hate in one person. It's just... No. Uh, out of... Out of character, did you make this guy up? Like, did you have to make him up, or is he part of the... Um, all of these guides are part of the module, but all the module says is their, um, species and a picture of them, so I've basically made up oh, okay. the, pers the personalities okay. for each of them. He needs to be charismatic because he's a gladiator, like, you yeah. can't be a successful gladiator, but like, which is working so bad for him because he yeah, sounds he is. great, but at the same time... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, like I said, he's got charisma at the ass, but it's not going to help him if he comes up as a gigantic douchebag. Yeah, yeah um, and basically Bulb, alienates anyone you're trying to talk to. Yeah. Bulb is seeing Ava's discomfort, but still believes in giving him a fair interview. How many expeditions and how many successes and failures? He and says, I get the feeling I know the answer already. He <laughs> says, well, uh, here's the thing. Expeditions? Well, you know, I, uh, 
Well, let's just say, if we go on an expedition, I'll make sure anything that tries to kill us will be nice and dead first. <laughs> so like, there are again, expeditions. Ava is pointing out the door and just laughing. Bob <laughs> well, it's just, again, deadpan, so zero. <laughs> he says, he says, I've, uh, well, I mean... I've worked with the Flaming Fist and led them into the jungle to kill the undead, but, uh, I mean, you know, what? end goal was to kill something. What's the furthest, what point is the furthest you have traveled into the jungle? Can you please point it out on the map? He looks over the map and he gives out a loud, hmm, let's see, so I follow the Flaming Fist. Uh, and we had to go kill undead, he says. I was half expect him to go, oh, nowhere on this map. He says, <laughs> what the oh, hell is this? He says, oh, <laughs> round about here. And he points to a location approximately two days to the east. Oh, God. Well, Shargo, you seem like a very outstanding man. <laughs> wow. And... And this is completely opposite of how Bob would actually talk of his negative one charisma, but I'm saying it how yeah. I'm saying it. Yep. You're an outstanding man, and we will give you fair consideration. Uh, we do have three other applicants that we have seen, and we now need to discuss amongst ourselves. The as judges you need to deliberate. As yes. you say <laughs> this. Who's going to be Chult's next top model? As you say <laughs> this, there's a knock guy. on the door, and <laughs> the servant pokes his head in. He says... Sorry to interrupt. Uh, we have a surprise fifth applicant. No oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Well, as you see, Shago, we uh, do have some more work to do today. Um, please wait outside, and we will give you our answer in due time. And I feel like that's word for word what I've said, but he can tell that I'm fucking lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just gives you a frown, and he says, "Hmm." Well, uh, if you need me, you know where I am, and he reaches into his reaches into his uh, into his cloak, and he pulls out a shred of paper, and he says, "And here's an autograph for being a good sport." I take the autograph and say thank you. He bows and leaves the room, and as he opens the door behind him, this prize fifth candidate walks boldly into the room you see a human female with tan maybe tanned olive colored skin slightly leathery looking she's about five feet four inches tall and from what you can oh, see she's my height yeah it's quite short but from <laughs> what you can see of her she looks she looks quite fit and definitely like used to looks be. <laughs> Definitely looks the part of a seasoned explorer. However, you're not able to see much as her garb covers up most of her body, and as she enters, she pulls a hood over her head, concealing most of her face. She simply looks Once at I you. have dark vision, would I be able to see him? Yes, you can, but all you you, you can see under her hood, me. and you could just know. see you could just see a leathery skinned woman. Uh, seems to be wearing quite a bit of makeup. Mm. She smiles and she says, My name is Salida. 
I've led many expeditions through the wilds of Cholt. I know secret trails that appear on no map. Hire the others at your peril. Azaka has led expeditions into the jungle that never returned. River and Flask are charlatans and murderers, plain and simple. Old Usharib suffers from mad monkey fever. I'm sure of it. Plus, I hear tell he owes money to the Zentara. Five gold pieces per day is a cheap price to pay for your lives. Spend your gold wisely. Okay. You seem to know a lot about the other people. How do you know all this? She says, she smiles and she says, I make it my business to know many things about many people. You mm. seem very roguish. I like her. I was gonna Hmm. <laughs> do you know much about us? She smiles. She recites each of your names in turn. She says, proprietors of the... Proprietors of the tavern affectionately known as Trollskull Manor in Trollskull Alley Waterdeep. Recipients to the... Uh, recipients to the proceeds of the Dragon Heist. Members of the Emerald Enclave and servants of the Lord's Alliance. She says, you used to be... Uh, you used to be... In association with a disgraced paladin known as Narthal Hammerfall. Hmm. How is it that you know so much about us? She smiles and she says, Again, I make it my business to know these things. Where are you from? Hmm. She says, From Cholt. And leaves it at that. I want to suss her out. I'm getting so many alarm bells off of this shit. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. What would you like to check out about her? I just want to, I don't know, see if I can see any... Alright. Sort of please anything. make... Please make... Uh, do you, would you like to check her mannerisms, or would you like to look at her... Try to get a better look at her face? Um... Mannerisms. Make an insight check, please. I'd better inside be looking at her face, but I don't have that. Uh, where is my insight? Plus four. Seventeen plus four. Twenty-one. She holds herself very confidently, even though she said nothing to tell you about her background, you already get the sense that she is a confident and seasoned adventurer who has seen many things, and you have no doubt that her that she possesses some valuable skills. Hmm. Again, sorry, just for my notes. Yeah, um, she the way she holds herself. Uh, tells you that she's definitely a seasoned traveller. She's seen a lot, and she seems to possess some valuable skills. Uh, I want to know who she's worked with previously. Mm. She simply smiles and says, Nobody that you would have heard of, my dear. Then you wouldn't mind uh, telling me who. Mm. She says, Very well. I will name a list of clients who I've who I've lent my services to in the past, 
the first and most prominent, those who have. The second and most prominent, those who follow Dendar the Night Serpent. Zentarum. Thirdly, and perhaps least most importantly, I have lent my services to the natives of Cholt to help them brave the dangers of the jungle. It's like you all to make... I'd like you all to make insight checks, please. <sighs> Meanwhile, I'm gonna roll something for her. Thirteen. Nice. I got uh eighteen plus four. Yeah, I got eighteen. So you got twenty-two. Yep. Okay. So, I get twenty-two. Yep. So okay. Ava, you are the only one who sees anything wrong with what she says, and that's that. Uh, that's uh quite a mix of clients and it's unlikely that anyone who's worked for the Harpers would work, work for... Work with Zentarum. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you're full of shit. Do you call her out on it? Yes. She simply smiles and says, Forgive me, and you are a shrewd one to see through to see through my carefully constructed ruse, I shall just simply say that such things are a tool of my trade. And if you take me at my word, you will not regret it. Hmm. Well, you've already lied to us. Has she ever worked with the, uh... Uh... Shield of Yata? Would you like to ask her that? If she's heard Yeah, of them. oh, I wouldn't know no. who they are. But I have a feeling. Yeah, you have a you have a feeling out of game that she has, but Yeah. As you what as was, she What was her name, sorry? Salida. Salida, okay. Just for my notes. As as she waits for your next question, she purses her lips and and you see the tip of her tongue emerge and just lick the bottom of her lip almost seductively. And I would like all of you to please make perception checks with disadvantage. Uh, 14. What kind of check was it again? Perception with disadvantage. Okay, 14. 14. Yeah. 15. 15. Unfortunately. 18. 18. Bowl. As her tongue, <laughs> as her, <laughs> hey, Lucian's here. As her tongue, yeah, I've been here for a while. Sorry. Yep. As her tongue slides across her bottom lip and then withdraws back into her mouth, you notice, in the split second, it's visible that her tongue appears to be forked. I knew it. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, I haven't wanted to say anything because I was mitigating. The second she mentioned <laughs> the makeup, it's like, God yeah, damn, she's gonna be one T. Same. As soon as, as soon as he said she pulls the hood over her head and her skin was leathery, I was like, God damn it. Uh, but yeah, I didn't want to say anything either. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I got excited. Oh dear, what are we um, into okay, now? Okay, I, I immediately exclaim. You are a snake person. <laughs> she smiles, pulls down her hood, and then 
flicks her hands across her face, removing the makeup in one fell swoop, revealing the scaled, vaguely green-coloured skin underneath. She says, yes, I am a URT pure blood. She says, what of it? Pretty snake lady. Well, we didn't exactly have a good time with your kind yesterday. You tried to kill us. She says, I mean, the undead dinosaur thing was cool, but still. She says, do you not think that certain URT cannot disagree with other URT? Or do we all share a hive mind in your eyes? It depends. How do you feel about, the, about your fellow URT? You came in here disguised. She looks well, maybe that's because she would think that we would have bias. She looks at you and she says, I was disguised for obvious reasons. My kind is looked upon with suspicion and shunned in human settlements. Mm. She's not wrong. And would you have gone the entire expedition without telling us? She shrugs. She says, more or less. Maybe I would have left it up to you to figure it out. Hmm. Hmm. She, she then smiles and says, But as a URT, I've walked through the jungle pretty much freely throughout my entire life. And I know of places mm. in Chult that others do not. And I can lead them to you. I can lead you to places that others would not know even exist. I mean, that is a solid uh, branch there. Why? Why are you hiring yourself as an expedition guide? What? Like, what are your? I don't want to say motives because motives immediately bring to mind bad. But what are your reasons for being a guide? Like, she says, if you can live in the jungle freely. She says, well, I may be a Yuan-T, but Yuan-T pure bloods are merely the base of, of Yuan-T society. Sometimes I can live a better life among humans, and what better way, than to, what better way to secure an income than to utilize the one skill that the gods saw fit to grant me at birth. And that is... Being a knowing the land. She gestures with her hands. Being one with the jungle, of course. Mm. How many expeditions have you run? <laughs> how many have been successes? And how many just, have just been... Just really get to the standard questions. She says, up to this point, seven. But... My clients all found what they were looking for, and, most importantly, made it back to civilization unscratched. That is important. So, why do you know so much about us, then? Her job to know. She says, it's my job <laughs> to know. I like to research <laughs> prospective employers, find out what they want and how I can provide. Hmm. Yeah, it checks out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it checks out. <laughs> okay. 
she simply curtsies at you, pulls her hood back over her head, and says, Feel free to deliberate, but I think you know who you wish to hire. She then boldly struts out of the room, pulling the door shut behind her. Damn it, Dale. (laughs) (laughs) Sneaky bastard. (laughs) Love it, but damn. So the candidates so far, the ones that you liked anyway, are Azaka, the woman who was born in the jungle, looked a bit battle-scarred. You have no questions about whether she knows the way around the jungle. However, her combat style, you didn't quite get a handle on. She's kind of average. She will, yeah. she will require a 30-day payment up front, but will waive her payment if you help her complete her quest at Firefinger. The other that you liked was Musharib, the albino dwarf. No question at all about his combat prowess. His prowess as a scout or tracker in the jungle may be a bit up in the air. He also requires a an upfront 30-day fee. However, he will waive it if you promise to help him return his ancestral home of Hrakhamar to its rightful owners. And finally, Salida, who you've just spoken to. She does not require an upfront payment, only five gold pieces per day. And you're left with an impression that she definitely knows her way around the jungle. Ob would like to put it to the group that he personally would like to hire Azaka and Masharip if they are willing to work together. He wants to help her, and she does seem to know her way around the jungle. Masharip, because he sees an opportunity... (laughs) (laughs) And Masharip, because he sees... One, get a guide close to where he believes his kobold clan lives. Stopping any more violence between the dwarves and the kobolds appeals to him, as well as the fact that this guy seems to know how to fight. That's fair enough. Mm. But then we also may have a berserker on our hands that we can't Still hold... Yeah, that's that's that is well, true. It might yeah. be like but there kill, is also a chance kobolds that you're trying to say. Also, the chance that we could talk to him beforehand. A to it, it's kind of maybe bag promise him point. a fight of a lifetime with what sounds like a dragon. Yeah, you've basically promised to. And Bob personally fight a still dragon. has. Are we ready for a dragon? Depends what type of dragon it is. If it's a young oh, if it's dragon, a, it sounds like a red worm. Yeah, red worm. But he didn't tell you if it's a young one or an adult <laughs> one. Or... What? It's, it's can we try an inside to, check for it? Probably take us a while to get there. there. We okay. might have gained experience. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lucy, so Lucy, was up. there anyone in particular that you liked? Well, I'm just trying to catch up with the storyline at the moment because I did come in a bit late. My yeah. apologies. So you're just trying to hire um, a guide to help you in through the jungle to your next next destination. Oh, okay. 
Okay, I was, I was going to ask, is it possible that we can go find the right person to talk to about finding what else can we possibly count? That's the whole premise of a guy. I mean, you it? can, you yeah. can, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to hire a guy. Um, you can head off into the jungle and try to, you know, make your own way. Never been seen again. <laughs> um, you guys have very maybe getting a guide is probably the best option. <laughs> No, oh, I, sorry, have in, I have faith in Ava. Hey, yeah. Sorry, Kitty. <laughs> can we, I mean, yeah. is it possible, can we go to a guide and pay him for some information that would help Ava in her uh, navigate through? Ah, so the yeah, not, so not hire the guides, but pay them to basically map out a route for you and pass along exactly. what they know Give us to Ava. Exactly, of traps encampments yeah that that's to just that hire all three that's something you could do you could hire all three oh let's just kidnap someone information. no you're lawful now you can't do that shit and you know it and we don't have to really pay salita yeah mm. but yeah it's just that whole up and down sort of deal where you have you know human girl Yes, has experience, has lived in jungle entire life, but not unknown for combat experience. Dwarf definitely would be good in a fight, but is potentially like off the fucking rocker and will go nuts if we try and get him near the kobolds, which may be an issue because, you know, Bob's family, whatnot, kind of. In awkward a nice life. way, they're basically a free meat shield, no matter which way you look at it. They that are a free true. meat shield for the team. That is true. As the meat shield. Hmm. The guy is the meat <laughs> <It's> shield. <laughs> <laughs> Charge, guy! Yeah, we don't have to get them back alive. Yeah, no, they have to, that's, that's yeah, their they... job is to get you back alive. You're under They're no obligation. Wow. You're under no obligation to <laughs> Sir Lucian knows this Credits from his days in the military. That guy. <laughs> What's the guy's right. name? Oh, we don't know. He died. Sir Lucian. Sir, Sir Lucian knows I'm not this. that we'd actually do it. My God. <laughs> Because, like, you know, Sir Lucian's just talking from experience, you know? His job was to sit in a tent far away from the battle and think up battle plans. He was under no obligation to, you know, so actually... So the wave of our own men to deal with the problem. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's called successful supervising. The thing no, is... Delegating. <laughs> we still won the battle. And bowling. <laughs> the thing Doesn't is... Doesn't matter how it's won. The thing is... Ava is still indispensable here, like, uh, very uh, valuable because she is the ranger. We, none of these guides indicated that they were rangers. No. That is true. So, exactly. Are we Ava... Salida? Yes, Salida. Because she sounds like a rogue, we could use her as a scout. Yeah, yeah and exactly. Seriously. So, why we could turn with her... Okay, leaving the meat shield tactic beside for one minute, because we're not all monsters here. And we are all good characters, I believe. Except yeah, for Lucian. Bob is, Bobbit is the closest to... Yeah. Oh, Bobbit's still technically chaotic good, but, you know, at the same time, we don't know how far that is going to fall down the road hole. But, you know, we... Hmm. really depends on where you want to go for on this one. It's, yeah, it's, I can hire a god. Hire a god. Well, that's what we're doing. That's yeah, but we've we've had applications. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got okay. five. You've got well three candidates to choose from because two of them 
you you didn't really have your heart set on. That's because those guys were like instantly. No, these dudes will definitely screw us over at the first chance we will. Two of them were going to screw us over at the first chance. The other one was just a raging asshole. Yeah. Um, I like the raging asshole guy. <laughs> he was charismatic. Which is why he <laughs> got thrown out immediately. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That dude just, no. Okay. Um, and has only gone two days out of town. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I, I like okay, the idea. Two candidates, we could yep. hire... Could theoretically hire all three if you really wanted to. You could hire. Wow. That's we got the money for it. Uh, Salida as as much as Bob doesn't want to because of prejudice against snake people at the moment. Yep. Salida could be the leader. We could hire Musharraf not as a guy but as muscle yeah, to as help muscle. us. Yeah, as muscle. He is. Uh, strength, and we wouldn't need to pay him because we would agree to help him get his homeland back. Mm-hmm. And Azaka, Azaka same deal with her. As the... Azaka sounds yeah, useless, same deal with her. We wouldn't need to pay yeah, him. She, yeah, could she, be... she said good to start with, but if we already have um, yeah, Snake Lady, yeah, really, yeah, we have Zalita, we don't really need... The other girl, in all honesty. No. That's probably true. Honestly, we all just want to really help. Don't. Yeah, that's Only because she's a redhead. But I mean, you could you could go to Firefinger <laughs> and get her thing and bring oh, it back for her. If you really, if you yeah, really there's no shame when we can't. Yeah. We could just go fetch it. Yeah. I'm gonna fetch quests for a thing. Same time, if we brought her along, then that's an extra person to help. Yeah. Yeah, but you but don't know what her combat. You know, try keep to alive. not get killed. Yeah, well, yeah, we also have to it's keep another, in mind. It's, it's an, more or less, we also have to keep in yeah, yeah. yeah, keep and in food. mind. Obviously, the more people we have, the more stock with supplies yeah. we're going to need as well. And keep in mind that um, while these, while some of these people may be able to fight, they are not adventurers. So, yeah, they will not be as proficient in combat as you are. Yeah, also an issue. It's just some of them will be able to hold themselves in combat and others won't. You could also yeah. you could also hire one as your main guide and have another ready in reserve in case for whatever reason you need a replacement. In case they die. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, the only two I would take is Snake Lady and Dwarf Man. Yeah, that's... I really like Dwarf Man. Yeah. I really like that. He sounds appealing. Just that as extra brawn. Just... They last as, a little bit longer. As long as we don't bloody get ourselves dragged into the middle of a goddamn war because of it, then yeah, I'd be fine with Dwarf Man. Mm. I, yeah. I'd say Dwarf... I'd say Dwarf and, um... Selena. Snake Lady. Very well. I'll, rem I'll remember names later. I'm just working with. Yeah, you're, they're now. Dwarf Man and Snake Lady. So we're all in agreement, yeah. Mashara and Salida. All right, how much will it cost us? You call in the servant and tell him. Of Wait, where is where is Remy? That's actually a good question. Yeah, where is Remy? I think he. Um, yeah. yeah. So are we all in agreement, Mashara and Salida? Oh, hear me? Oh, we yeah. can now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. you now, now we don't hear you. Are you saying what? Fuck this. Musharab and Salida. Well, we can hear you now. We can hear you going. We can hear you in and out. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Oh, there he goes. There we go. So you yeah, tell on. you tell the servant uh, who you would like to hire. Well, just a sec. Yep, just wait. We'll wait for so Remy, Remy can to actually come back, say. He might have had something to say. Yeah, because I know he um. Can you hear me now? Properly? Yeah, we can hear you yeah. properly now. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Fucking Discord was fucking up on me. Yeah, it does that. Sometimes I hate when it does. No. Bulbs wants all three, but we'll go with the majority of the group. Okay. Yeah. Alright. So you tell the servant you'd like to hire Musharab and uh, Salida, and he looks over their contracts and he says, Okay, so... Hmm... Musharab, you require no payment to if you pledge to assist him with his personal cause. Shall I tell him... Shall I tell him that is the arrangement? I believe that is what we're doing, yes? He says, and... Uh, Salida yeah. requires five gold per day, no upfront payment. Yeah, that's fine. Very well. You, you yep. will be providing no upfront payment to... The guides, I shall tell them you are satisfied with their terms, and when you are ready to leave the when you are ready to leave Port Nianzaru, Joe Bal will instruct them upon where to meet you. Would you please yep. tell Azaka that after we have finished our meeting here, I personally would like to have a meeting with her. He says I have a meeting today. He smiles and he says, mm, very well. Uh, shall I just send her in right now? Oh well, yeah, you may as well. It's not—it's not going to be a secret. He says very well. Uh, I will inform the other candidates of your decision. I will send Azaka in, and once you uh, mm. have dismissed her, I will escort her to the exit. He smiles and gestures to someone out in the hallway, and Azaka returns to the main room with an eager smile on her face. The servant, the servant exits the room, pulling the door shut behind him so he can inform the other candidates. Azaka smiles, folds her arms, and she says, So, I guess I'm the lucky one? Unfortunately, no, Azaka. There were other candidates that had more experience for what we were looking for, and our expedition... Is of an importance that we need to go for the most experienced at the time. However, I would like to take on the quest that you were offering in payment because I would like to get you back your mask. She looks at you and she smiles and she says, Oh, is that so? Well then, I will accept your proposal. You go to Firefinger. Grab my heirloom and give it to me, and then perhaps, perhaps, if you ever meet me under the light of the full moon, I won't tear you asunder. Then she flashes you a cheeky oh, smile. Wait, she was a freaking werewolf? Fuck! Okay, well, that was a thing. That would explain well, that answers that question. Moving along. <laughs> Fuck me. We dodged the bullet. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. We're Tiger, actually. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that would have been cool. Oh, hey, that could be a way for Bob to, like, be good at melee. Oh, yes. dear God. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, okay, well, if you leave... Uh, oh, uh, threatening revelation, revelations aside, uh, if you leave all the information with me, such as where in Firefinger it might be, what we might be facing, um, yes, I will take it upon myself, she at simply, the very least, to get it back for you. She folds her arms and says, top level, where they roost, terror folk, and perhaps some pets they may have, dinosaurs. And with that, she smiles and she says, in all seriousness, I do appreciate the kindness. And then she walks out of the room. Oh, the tigers are a thing in Shulk now? Yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. Good. Okay, then. I would actually imagine that all were species could be probably be found in Shulk. Most uh, of them can. Of... I'm. I don't. Actually, I don't think werewolves can be found in Chult. But there are definitely uh, like were rats, were tigers, um, were boars. Oh god. If I were to become a were animal, would that take away mm. control of my character? No. no. If it was last campaign, yes. But I trust you enough yeah. now that you yeah. can play a lycanthrope and not abuse it. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Well, okay. That answers. Yeah. Yep, I understand exactly where you're coming from there. Can't imagine who would abuse that sort of power. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also considering first game last session. Can't last can't campaign. <laughs> can't imagine who would now uh, want to go become a were tiger so that they could be better at fighting. Or Bulb is seriously considering it considering <laughs> yeah, know, as but... he's very bad at melee. <laughs> but Bulb <laughs> Bulb would actually <laughs> know how Bulb would actually not abuse it, so I would be open to <laughs> Bulb. Just putting that out there that lycanthropy is something it is entirely possible to pick up in Charles. Well, that's that being fine. Said, there would be stuff that I would have to deal with, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's something that Bob will be thinking about very seriously. You already changed your species. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna, I'm curious to see how an owl works having a were tiger. That's a weird ass mix. <laughs> well. After you've done yes. after you've done discussing, Wakunga and Joe Val return from the balcony, both of them wearing wide smiles. Wakunga claps his hands together and he says, "Interviews conducted like true business people." He says it was a joy to listen to them, and I shall have to be speaking to Joe Val about who manages to make it through his selection process in the future. Joe Bal simply smiles wryly and nods. Mm. Wakunga says, Well, I believe your guide is sorted, uh, so if there's any other outstanding business you have with either myself or Joe Bal, now is the time mm. to air it. Um, Bobbit looks up at uh, Wakunga and goes, Yes, um, yes. I, was, uh, I was wondering if I could have a word with you in private, please. He looks around, he says, in private? Hmm. Well, accompany me to my library then. He gestures towards the room that you saw earlier filled with books. Hmm. And then he leads you into this room just beyond the archway. 
You find yourself in a room groaning under the weight of thousands of books, either stacked roof high in bookshelves that take up the majority of the walls or just piled haphazardly along the floor. He leads you over to a nook at the back of the room where there is what appears to be a purple velvet sofa that's covered in books. He carefully lifts a pile of books off the sofa, allowing both you and he to sit. And then he looks at you and he says, So, young Bobbit, or Alessander, what, uh, what bug do you have in your bonnet today? Mm, Bobbit will be having this conversation in the tabaxi language, just to keep this simple with him. Basically just looks at him probably more seriously than she has at anything else in her life so far. I'm just going, the name Alessandra. I haven't had it for a very long time, but you're the first person who's actually made any sort of notice to it. What does that name mean to you? He looks at you. He says, it is a pretty name, is it not? That's not what I meant. He says, yes, and I I think you know as much, and so do I. Alessandra Raybert, the... Artificer daughter of one of the chosen of Abtal, the rulers of Mesro, the daughter of the only non-Tabaxi ruler. If the legends are to be believed, Alessandra, her father, the other chosen of Abtal, and all of the citizens of Mesro itself, Vanished 200 years ago into thin air, roughly around the time of the rise and fall of Rasnesi. He notices the puzzlement on your face. He says, Ah, and there we have it. I do not believe you have heard of Rasnesi. It's not something I've recalled recently, no. He says, Ah, Rasnesi who was once a chosen of Mesro many, many millennia ago, but who fell out of favor with the god Ubtau and was expelled from Mesro into the jungle, his immortality stripped away. Rendered mortal again, they say that Rasnisi made a pact with demons from the abyss, who... In return for his servitude, granted him the immortality he sought. Now that he had his immortality again and in league with demons, he sought vengeance against the city of Mesro and the Chosen of Abtau, and spent the centuries, centuries after that biding his time, until about 200 years ago he emerged with an army of the undead numbering in the thousands. They marched upon Mesro, and in their wake devastated countless settlements across Cholt. Chief among them the capital of the Tabaxi Empire, and it is Rasnesi and his army we can blame today for Cholt being as in hospital as it is. He effectively scrubbed all civilization from the land, and eventually 
His army stood at the gates of Mesro. It is then, according to legend, that a bright light flashed in the sky. And when it subsided, the citizens of Mesro were gone, and so was Rasnisi. To this day, the remnants of his undead army wander aimlessly in the jungle. Wakanga smiles at you. He says, and that, as they say, is that. If I said I had memories of Mesro in its prime, that I have memories of Alessandra, would you believe me? He looks at you and he says, Well, magic has certainly caused stranger things to happen. He says, if you would like to, if you would like me to devote my time to researching this matter, I would be happy to oblige. If there is no trouble, I know you've given us a lot already, but I would be very happy to make that deal. He says, consider it done, for if there is a hope that Mesro can be restored, then there is hope that Chote will be restored to its former glory, and we can finally expel these accursed foreign colonizers from our shores. Hmm. Thank you. You've given me a lot to think about. He smiles. Hmm. He says, not to worry, young Bobbit. And when you've decided which scroll you would like, you need simply, uh, you need simply, uh, write its name in this piece of paper here. He reaches into his cloak. This will send me a message instantaneously, and I will have the scroll magically dispatched to you, wherever you happen to be. Hmm. I was just curiously staring at the piece of paper, trying to suss out how it works. <laughs> it appears to be some sort of magical communication device. You would make an arcana check, actually, please. Oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, 23. You can't, you can't say you've seen anything like it, but you quickly get a handle on how it works. You would suspect that Wakanga would have a duplicate of this piece of paper, and whatever you write on yours would show up on his. As such, he would be able mm. to tell instantly what scroll you want. Mm. It would also allow you to communicate with him in a pinch. He places his hand on your shoulder and he says, Now, let us return to your friends. I do believe some of them had some more business to discuss. Mm. You return to the main lounge and where your party members have been discussing and been engaging in idle chatter about their chosen guides and what awaits. You sit back down on the cushion. And then Wakanga looks at the others. He says, I apologize for the delay. Now, if there's any business you would like to discuss, the floor is yours. Anyone else before Bold brings up his? Uh, I'm good now. Sorry for the uh, interruption. That's okay. Uh, okay, well, Bold steps forward and goes, uh, you may remember from... 
yesterday, in fact, uh, I asked who would be best to talk to about a potential trade deal involving our ship and contract. At this, Joe, at this, Joe Bowles eyebrows raise. He looks over and he speaks the first word you've heard him say since meeting him. Yes. I'm always looking to expand my naval operations. Tell me more. Well, uh, on our travels over, we were beset by pirates. Um, we uh, dispatched the pirates and commandeered the ship. Uh, we have renamed it to uh, Good Fortune. Yeah, good. Yep, the Good Fortunes. And um, well, seeing as it seems, our current quest is going to take us inland for the most part, instead of uh, letting the ship just take up a slot, a spot in the docks. I was wondering if I could make a deal and lease out the ship or potentially become trade partners or some such. He considers this. Bulb, please make a persuade check with advantage as your proposal is pretty sound. Makes a lot of sense. Son of a bitch. You want help with that? You have inspiration. I've already got advantage. Uh, uh, Ah, that's right. We did an inspiration last session, did we? Yeah, you got it. Oh, wait, you leveled up. You leveled up last session. Oh, leveled up, so I don't have inspiration. No, that would be a four, because Bulb is not the best for this. Uh, He says, he looks at you and he says, hmm... The proposition does appeal to me. However, as you've said, it's a former pirate ship. As such, there is... Hmm, I'm hesitant to take on a ship that has not yet proven itself, and furthermore, one which has a history of criminality tied to it. These are all fair points. He says, I'm sure we can. We'll make sure that we can clean up this ship before we leave. And the last thing we would wish to do is to uh, ruin your good hospitality and good name by giving you a ruined ship. Make a persuade check, please, Bobbit. That's a twenty-five. Look. Oh, so much better. Jabal <laughs> smiles. He says, "I will propose an alternative arrangement." Hmm. I would like to see this ship prove its seaworthiness and its ability to get business done in and around Cholt. So, I would ask that you embark on a voyage of your own to a destination of your choice to conduct business of your own. And, if your ship returns to Port Nianzaru unharmed... I will take that as an indication of its trustworthiness, and I will be happy to discuss further terms for perhaps entering it into my service. There is no guarantee that we will come straight back, but the ship will come back, say, 
for example, we go to Mesro, find out we need to go inland, but we send the ship back. Do you have a way for us to contact you to continue negotiations? Wakanga looks... Wakanga holds out his hand. He says, I believe I have this. Uh, Bobbert, you have the piece of paper. Would you mm-hmm. mind yep. if Joe Bal uses this as a way to discuss the terms of any potential future contracts? Yes, that would work. That's, that works really good. He smiles and he says, Then yes, Jobal has a way to contact you if he needs to discuss further terms. This sounds good and hopefully uh, we prove that the ship is worthy of a contract with you. <laughs> well then, Makanga claps his hands together, Jabal nods, and they bid you good luck on their journey and look forward to hearing what happens to you in Mesro. A few hours later, you are assembled at the docks of Port Nianzaru, the good fortune waiting for you. Robert, Frederick, and Jacob have made good on their word. They've cleaned the ship up considerably, repaired any minor bits of damage that it may have taken during the scuffle in which you captured it, and have cut down the pirate flag and replaced it with a Lord's Alliance flag instead. And as you walk up to the ship and they greet you, you see that there are already two other figures on board watching you from the deck of the ship. Salida in her... Salida, her thick green cloak pulled around her, and Musharab, his albino skin almost glistening in the sun. Um, just before we go on, uh, Kitty needs to go. Alrighty, that's She's, fine. Yeah, she posted in the chat, but... That's fine. That's fine. Um, well, um, I think we might actually leave it there for this week, then. Oh, okay. wait, no. No, actually, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, we'll continue going a bit more. Because um, I think we've got some random encounters to get through first. Um, well, yes. Bob also wanted to do some shopping if it was Yes, possible. that is true. So, as you as you inform them that you'll be travelling to Mesro and Jacob salutes and he says, Aye, aye, we'll prepare to disembark upon your return. You head to the merchant's quarter. Or you head to the market district of Port Nianzaru. And what would you all like to sell? Um, well, I have a silver trophy that may or may not have come to my possession legally in the last episode. Yep. <laughs> Definitely found that. That. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, I also have a musket rifle that I was originally going to use, but didn't quite work out. And I think, um... So, Lucian, do you have anything you'd like to sell or buy? Oh, okay. Uh, well, let me just quickly check what I've got. Um, oh, swords as well. Uh, not really. I haven't got much in the way of stuff that I yeah. really need. Can I go see if there's anything in town that may be considerable of an upgrade for your armor or your sword for your armor or your shield? You mean? Yeah. 
any right. sort of defensive weapon or de defensive, defensive capabilities. Item. That's a good idea. Okay, so we'll do you first. So, Sir Lucian, I would like you to please make a charisma check. Charisma time. And you may do it okay, with advantage let's... because your noble bearing does uh, make people eager to help you, even here in Cholt. <laughs> Ooh! 11 plus 1, Charisma 12, yes! Pass! Mm, yes, that's definitely good. So, you split up from Bulb and Bobbit in the marketplace, and you look around trying to find anything of uh, note that might be useful to you. Uh, what armour does it say on your sheet that you currently have? My armour class? Uh, my AC Not is 20! Yep, that's your AC, but what armour does it say in your equipment that you have? Oh, sorry, um, I am currently wearing splint armor. You are wearing splint armor. Okay, so you look around, and in amongst all of the exotic spices and fruits and, sadly, bananas that are being hawked here in the marketplace, you find a blacksmith who set up a stall, and he's selling used weapons and armors. And, um... He immediately sees you walking around, he takes a liking to you, and he, he calls you over, and he starts immediately sizing you up, pulling out a tape measure and measuring your proportions. And he says, You, my friend, have the look of a knight about you. Am I right? she's Please, please, please. <laughs> he says, and what mm. is a knight without shining armor? <laughs> and he gestures towards a suit of plate armor. Definitely an upgrade over what you have. And he says, would you be Ooh. interested, my friend? Ah, I would be. Tell me. Tell him what is the price you offer this fine equipment. He says, I would be, he says, I would usually let it go for 1,500, but I think we can make a deal. Would you like to haggle? I'm going to see how much GP I've got. Yeah, have I a look. Have, yeah, you have plenty. You should have plenty for that. Yeah. Um, well, you've got what's written on your I sheet. I have not checked in a long time. Oh, I got 50. Don't worry yeah. about it. Well, you've, no, you've got 50 <laughs> on your sheet, but you also have, I think, an additional 2,000 from the Dragon Heist. It was 12,000. Oh, you're like 12,500 from the Dragon Heist, so... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. So you have 12,550 GP right now. Well, let me just... 12,550 yeah. GP. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'll better write that in now, actually. Because this was from the Dragon Heist back in Waterdeep. You all got a portion of the tape. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I would... You know what? I'll try to haggle him down just a little bit, if it's just, a considerable discount. Yep, yep. Then... Please make a... You may either make a persuade or an intimidate check, depending on how you want to do it. Oh, you know what? Both are doing exactly the same thing. I'm going to go for a persuasion check. All right, go ahead. Try and be nice to him. Schmooze him with your noble charm. Oh, fail. Don't worry about it. That was uh, terrible. <laughs> what, what did you get altogether? Um, six. 
Yeah. Oof. He simply looks at you, he says, Sir, sir, it is not befitting one of your station to be such a cheapskate. <laughs> I start gushing, goes, stop it, stop it, stop it, and I just hand the money you to him. You hand him the money. Fine. <laughs> and you put on the plate armor, and your AC increases by one. Oh. So I believe it's now so this 21. this is not split armor, this one armor is called? This is plate armor. Plate armor. Can't wait till I show the boys back <laughs> And this brings your AC up to 21. So, yeah, it's definitely going to help you. Thank you very much. Alright, bold. Uh, can I sell off my remaining armor? Oh, yes, you can. Would you like to try to sell it to the same man? Uh, yeah. I don't think the charisma check's going to work in this. I don't think the persuasion's going to work because I've already failed the first one. He will Thank offer... You. He will offer a straight price of 100 GP for it, unless you would like to try a charisma check with disadvantage to try to talk it up. Huh. You know what? Let's just try for shits and giggles. Roll. That is a straight up three. Don't even worry about it. Yep. <laughs> he says, well, he says, as nice as it would be to have the armor of a... Uh, Fantastic, an honourable knight such as yourself at my stand. It does look a little battle-worn, so I'm afraid I can only offer 100. Oh, you have offered me a fantastic deal. Here, Pedro, take it. <laughs> you hand him your armour, he gives you 100 of your coins back, and then as you leave, you see him hang up your old armour on a stand, and then write... A sign in common underneath it. Sir Lucian the Illustrious's armor. 5,000 GP. <laughs> oh, my God. wow. That's great. Oh, God, please. <laughs> Wouldn't that make Sir Lucian feel a bit proud? Yeah. He's just kind of annoyed that he didn't get that much <laughs> money for it. But <laughs> yes. He would have been proud. Like, his ego would have been like, oh, up. wow, look at that. And then about half a second later, it's like, Hang on! <laughs> <laughs> that bastard! <laughs> but he's got plate armor. Can't yeah. show the boys walking back into town. Ooh, yes. <laughs> he's, no, he's doing the, um, Teddy, oh, yeah, the BG the... thing. You can tell by the way he holds my head. Yeah, he's back his to, speakers out to everyone. Back to the harbour, he's just walking. You can tell by the way I'm my walk. And they're just um, <laughs> Jacob and Frederick and Robert just look at you from the ship and give you a salute. And Jacob shouts, looking good, sir! <laughs> Bulb, what were you planning to do in the market? Okay, I was wondering if I could go up to Bobbit first and ask mm -hmm. Bobbit, do you have any plans for that rifle? Mm, Bubba was going to sell along with the, uh, the, uh, the swords that we had, but otherwise, no. Bob thought about using it, but it doesn't quite work out, because I'd need to get rid of my shield for that. Uh, so, do you want you... it? I would gladly take it, if you would be happy giving it to me. Mm, okay. Mm. Thank you. I was going to say, yeah, as she hands up going, if you want Bubba to upgrade it like she did her gun, you're more than welcome. Um... <laughs> Maybe a bit later, Bobbit. Uh, Bob also has plans for it. And Ooh. you will be the first person I show when I've done it. Ooh. Um, and then I also ask, do you want Masterwork Studded Leather Armor? Because we have four sets of those, and I know I was going to get one 
boots path faded from myself, and I was going to sell the others for the. Yeah. Oh, Bob is so like smiles and goes, "Wow, that does look really nice." Then she like uh, sort of moves part of her uh, jacket and sort of bangs her fist on the uh, half plate that she's wearing. Go, how breastplate that she's wearing? Going, yeah, I'm good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Dale, what was the AC on a masterwork studded leather armor? Um, it's the same as a normal studded leather armor, except. It provides you resistance against critical hits. And what is uh? So it was studded leather is. Uh, studded leather is twelve plus dex dex modifier. So that would be fifteen, but so it'd be about okay. So uh, twelve plus dex, okay. So, no one else wants any studded leather armor, I don't... No. Because uh, so. Ava also had a better set. Or did she yeah. take a set? I think she took a set herself. Like. Yeah, she took a set, that's yeah. right. Um, okay, well, first off, I would like to try and find a leather worker. Yep. Um, who specializes in armor. I'd like you to make an investigation check, please. Son of a bitch. Uh, I would, yeah, I would like help. That would be great. Yep, okay. Yeah, Do we can go, advantage can go of work. Helping. Can use a different dice because that one Bobbit. is now disappointing me. Bobbit, thanks to help. Was one better. Bobbit, thanks to help. <laughs> Investigation. Uh, that was a six. <laughs> Even with advantage. So, you spend, a, you spend about an hour looking through the marketplace and you do eventually find a leather worker. But he is a guild-sponsored leather worker, which means his prices are probably going to be a little bit higher than average. And he's probably not going to be open to much haggling. But he... Yeah, that's, that's fine, seeing as I will fail any and all haggling attempts anyway. <laughs> so... <laughs> but as you approach, he... You show him the studded leather armor, tell him you want to refit it. He pulls out his tape measure and he takes your measurements and he says, yes, yes, I can do this. Uh, I can do it rather quickly. It would be maybe 10, 20 minute task. All I have to do is extend the buckles there and there. He points at several parts on the armor. He says, however, I must insist on the full purchase price for... But as agreed upon by the Tradesmen and Leather Workers Guild of Port Nianzaru, and that will be 45 gold pieces. Uh, yep, done. So <laughs> I give him the 45. Yep. Uh, and then I offer to sell him uh, the other three sets that I have. He takes a look at them, and he says, Oh, they're all in good condition. Unfortunately, as a member of the guild, I have a specific price that I am obliged to offer for each good presented. He consults a list in front of him that's attached to the side of his stall, and he says, I will offer you ten gold for each. You know immediately that this is not a great price, but... It... Um... What? And I know he's not open to haggling, but I have one thing that I can say. What about for the winners, the winner of the dinosaur race? Surely that would allow you a little wriggle room as selling something that 
belonged to one of the winners. Please make a charisma check with advantage. Ooh. That's a bit better. That is a 15. 15. Okay, that is... That will be enough. He looks at you, he says, well, they wouldn't begrudge me the chance to offer a boon to a famous racer such as yourself. Fifteen gold pieces each. That leaves me net profits at zero, so that's fine by me. Yep, that's uh, so fine. Forty-five divided by how many people in the party? Uh, Ava and one, Smithy yeah. and two... It's five. It's five, so that's nine gold each. Everybody gets nine gold because that was shared loot. That's it's fair not enough. much, but you know, hey, better than nothing. That means I actually lose thirty-six gold. Yep. And yep. with um, that, yep. yep. Anything else? Uh, after I get my armor back from him, I would like to go to the mount stalls, like wherever they ah, sell mounts. Yes. Look around and... Preferably giant lizards. Yes. <laughs> so you're he heading for the... You're looking for the di dinosaur tamers, essentially. Please make, <laughs> please make an in another investigation check. Come on, Dice. You can do better than before. That's better. That's uh, 12. A 12. Ooh. On the edge of the market district, you do find uh, a dinosaur and large reptile handler. And this one appears to be quite popular. He has a sign uh, placed right in front of his stall uh, telling you that he is directly sponsored by Ifan Talroa, the merchant prince who deals in beasts and beast training, and has his emblem proudly stamped on the front of his stall. And as you approach, this brown-skinned, wrinkled old man rubs his, uh, rubs his white stubble, and he gestures towards all of the mounts that are tied up in a pen next to the stall. And you're looking for giant lizards, specifically? Uh, I am looking for giant lizards that also have the spider climb. Ah, Ooh. yes. Great. Oh, I like that. So, uh, I would like you to do a luck check, please. It's a Call of Cthulhu luck check. Um, Call ten. of Cthulhu luck check? So, yep. D100? Oh, we'll do it, yep. do it with a D20. 10 or above. D20? Uh, fucking hell. This would have been so much nicer before. And that 20. That 20, uh, lovely. <laughs> it's nice now, but you know. That's a pass. And, Bobbit, you have a mount, don't you? Yes. Yes, he does. I got build. I got I, yeah, I'm, Theoretically, I'm looking for one for me, Sir Lucian, and Zinhorn. Yes. Well, Zinhorn... Veska can double up. Yeah, Zinhorn's kind of his own um own mount, um, yeah. and okay. so you were shown to a rather impressive, well cared for giant lizard at the very back of the stable, and the handler informs you that this is his uh, this is his proudest specimen. 
And he says it's one of the very rare lizards that is able to climb surfaces with its paws, with its suction cup paws, like an insect. And yeah, Ava already has a mount. And yeah. uh, he says that he would be happy to offer it to offer it services to you for five hundred GP. I'm not even going to try and haggle. Uh, I agree. Yep. Uh, so that's negative 500. Um, yeah. And, uh, do yeah. I need to buy any, like, celery or anything? Or? Uh, no. Well, you can if you want. It's just it doesn't come with any... any. It comes with, like, basic saddlery. But if you want to buy armor for it or something, that has to be bought separately. Uh, what armor would a giant lizard be able to wear? Uh, any barding that a warhorse could wear. Uh, I need to look that up. So look up the warhorse stat block. Yep, looking it up now. And uh, um, look at the warhorse armor and it will tell you. Uh, that's not going to fucking show me. No, it's not going to show me there. Okay, well, your giant lizard has... Uh, so basically, it will get a bonus to its AC depending on the type of barding you would like to buy it. Yeah, uh, I'm currently trying to look up the barding and it's not working. Alright, I will tell you what you can get. There so we go, barding, barding. Yeah. Barding. And what you do is, with, with the AC values it has there, just increase them by 1 because a giant lizard has a base AC of 12, not 11. Yeah, okay, so... I would like to buy it. Uh, what's its dex? Is only plus one. Yeah, that's already factored into its AC. Yeah. So I would like to buy it. Uh, hide. Uh, studded leather. Studded leather barding. barding. The handler, the, in front of you, the handler takes some studded leather barding and he fits it to your newly purchased mount. And he steps back, he says, yes, it will definitely protect it from some of the rigours of the jungle. That will be 180 gold. Done. And he places the barding made from tough but, tough but flexible leather, reinforced with close-set rivets over the back and sides of your giant lizard, and he thanks you for your business. It's not necessary to buy Sir Lucian a mount because yeah. the merchant princes are already providing pack animals, and Sir Lucian ah, yeah, can okay. ride on them. Unless Sir Lucian wants to buy himself a mount. Is it really necessary? Not really. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm way too proud for that. It's yeah. fine. You'll, you'll, you'll be <laughs> fine using the ones that they have. That's fine. And so with that, you return to the harbour and board the good fortune. And as you make your way out through the Bay of Cholt, you leave Port Nianzaru and its exotic colours, smells, sights and sounds behind you as you sail out once again onto the open sea. And we will begin our uh, we will begin the start of our hex crawl a bit before we stop um 
So let me grab some appropriate music. Okay. The start of the hex crawl. I'll explain the rules. So you have elected to travel by ship. And as such, a journey... Um, so normally, each of these hexes on the map that you can see represents one day's worth of travel at a normal rate on foot. If you have a canoe and are travelling down a river, that is two squares you may travel in a day. However, when you are travelling by a sea, you may travel up to ten hexes per day at normal speed. However, you will still be rolling for random encounters on the sea. Um, you can either leave any necessary checks to your crew to perform, or you may perform them yourself to not get lost. At the end of each day's travel, uh, a check will be done to determine whether you got where you needed to go, or you got lost and ended up in an adjacent hex, and then we'll roll for random encounters. While you are travelling on the hex crawl and are not in a defined location, you'll only be able to get the benefits of a short rest. This is because of the rigours of travel. And even via ship, even though it's a little bit more luxurious than just camping rough in the jungle, most of you are still, are still not accustomed to sea travel, and as such, while you are travelling, you can only get short rests. You'll need to wait till you arrive at a destination to be able to get a nice, proper sleep. Um... Will I be able to do a ritual? Yes, you'll have time to do rituals. You will negate. Mm. However, if you choose to do a ritual, you will not rest for that day. Yep, yep, mm. that's fine. And so, uh, I believe your destination is Mesro. I see no reason why it isn't. Yep. yep Mesro so... seems to be the first port of call. Anchors the of... So who's the captain who's going to shout anchors away? I believe that's Bob and... Uh, sorry, <laughs> Bob Stick. Yep. I fly up to the crow's nest, now labelled the owl's nest, and call out, Anchors away, to adventure we go! Your crew members, Jacob, Robert, and Frederick, scurry about, unfurling the sails, raising the anchor, and sending you out into the open sea. Your first day of travel, we move. One, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You sail out of the Bay of Cholt, and you appear to be lucky this day, for as you are sailing out of the Bay of Cholt, you notice Aramag the Turtle Dragon. However, he is busy shaking down a merchant ship that is entering the bay, and pays you Ooh. no mind as you sail past. Yay! Okay, uh, who would like to be the navigator? Um, what does the navigator entail? I'm guessing it requires good perception. The navigator's going to be doing a survival check. Yeah, either way, I'm not good at that. Bob would actually like to spend the first couple of days doing rituals to yep. his staff. Yep. Uh, so I won't, right. I won't be helping with any of the checks. Uh, yep. That reminds, that reminds me, I should probably do the same thing because I have the bot for Mr. Stick as well, but I'll... 
don't know. Do we just delegate that one to? Does Ava crew? has survival? Doesn't? Yeah, I think Ava has survival. Yeah, Ava has survival. Yeah. Okay, I will roll for Ava. Ava succeeds on her survival check, and at the end of the first day of travel, you are not lost. Someone please roll a d20. Uh, Who wants to roll d20? 14. That's, oh, there you go. Yep. 14. 14. No, no encounter this day. Okay. So we move so on. If we don't have an encounter, does that mean I successfully incorporate something into my stuff? Yes, because there's no need to rest, so... Yes. I wanted to incorporate the rifle into my stuff. Lovely. I would ask you to please make an Arcana check, DC uh, 17. Do you want a hand with that? I would love a hand, as mm. I did say that you were going to be the first person to see this. Yes. Yeah. Good question. What would I need to do to incorporate that <laughs> magic part? Uh, that would yeah, be just an art. Uh, that will be that will be a tinker tools check for you to incorporate the bark. Ah, fair enough. I got a sixteen. Sixteen. Hey. DC seventeen. Oh, nice. Yeah, DC uh. seventeen. Unfortunately, you toil the first day on the sea, and unfortunately, you're not quite able to perform the ritual under the duress of the bobbing waves and don't manage to incorporate it this day. I'll try it again another day. Yep, bob it. A DC. Oh, well, there's, my, there's, there's my nat 20 for the there's day. There's your nat 20. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bobbit, sequestered in her special room below deck, manages to incorporate the imbued bark into Mr. Stick granting her a plus one force dam plus one to any spells that deal force damage. Well, that's gonna be good once I start using Eldritch Blast again. We move on to day two of the travel. Uh, just before we move on to day yep. two, yep. Uh, quick question. Yep. Uh, am I with each day passing, am I suffering any more due to the death curse? No, no. It, it's only going to progress due to the storyline. Basically, the only thing you've got at the moment okay. is your max HP being cut by five. My dad's stomach bug. Yeah, so <laughs> it's it's in its it's in its initial stages right now. It'll get worse as time goes on, but at the moment you don't have to really worry. Oh, okay. And so, will you be eating uh, the rations stored on the ship today, or will you be uh, fishing? Um, I've already done my action, so I can't cast a spell. Fishing. Let's try. All right. So, Lucian, I would like you to please make a survival or nature check, whichever one you would like to do. Well, who was that for? For you, because you, you, you want to try okay. to fish. Uh, makes no difference, I failed. You failed. <laughs> I so, six. unfortunately, you have to eat a day's worth of rations. You now have 29 days of rations left. We move no. on to the next day of the journey. Move one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ava will roll her navigation check, and she passes. You do not get stuck. Somebody please roll a d20 at the end of the second day of travel. I'll take this one. That's a 17. That's a 17. Oh. That oh, is good. an encounter. Really good. Please oh. roll a d8. Oh, 
Okay. Uh, five. Seven. Five. Okay. You see on the... Frederick calls out, Ship! On the bow! Over there! And points to the bow of the ship. And there on the horizon, steadily moving towards you, you see another ship. Though it's an odd colour. Pearly white, almost transparent. The setting sun seemingly shining right through it. What are you going to take by a ghost ship? Hmm. Would you like to try to parlay, flee, or head, or, or brace for battle? Bracing for uh... battle, bracing for battle will automatically put you at the top of the initiative round. Shall we? If we brace for Ooh. battle, does that make us look to that ship like we're going to attack them? Like, will they automatically assume that we're going to attack them if they weren't already going to attack us if we brace for battle? Um, no, it's just it's just meaning that you're in battle stations ready to go, but there's no outward sign of you. Like, there aren't any battle flags up and... Like, un until well... the ship gets very close to you, they wouldn't notice that people have manned the cannons and stuff. Well, I guess... If it's not going to attack us, it's just going to leave. And if it is going to attack oh. us, then being battle stations isn't really going to neg do anything negative to us, so... Yep. Stations. I yeah, I, I would call out battle stations. Alright, battle stations, everyone! Your crew scurries across the deck, each of them manning a cannon. One of them climbing up into the crow, climbing up into the owl's nest to watch the ship as it approaches. And roll for initiative, please. Fair enough. Alrighty. Okay, twenty-one. I like these new dice. They're working for me. Twenty-one. I got a ten. Ten for Remy. I will be right back. Yep. Initiative. I got. Do, 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 do. Oh, where the hell is my... You know what, I've got uh, 12. 12? Ooh, you're going... You're going before... Better than uh, 10 this yeah, time. Yeah, it is, it is. It's 11. <laughs> okay. The enemies yeah. get to go at the last. I'll switch over to the map. Please do. Ship encounter ghosts. And would you like your guides to participate in this battle? Um, hmm... You can That's choose. Question. You can send them below deck, or you can choose to have them participate. Do you want to have at least one come up on deck? Because you know, no, I'm, this is really one body like, I'm just saying, if they don't have magical weapons, they're not going to be much help in this fight, unfortunately. Yeah, because it's ghosts. I only need magical weapons for range, so I'm yep. not going to be much help unless throwing magical axes at them. Yeah, but you do have your magical Dodge my swords. Axes. You can get close. And... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, only close combat though. Well, it's better than nothing. Mm. Um, yeah. So let's. I do you want to just bring one up? All right. Well, let's see what the captain thinks first. Uh, what's what's captain? happening? Uh, we are attacked by ghosts. Yep. Would you yes. like to bring? Would you like to bring your guides into this battle, or would you like them to, to stay in safety? Um. I personally would like to see what the dwarf can do. Fair enough. <laughs> so you'd like to have Musharib 
in this battle. So I will grab his token. Uh, where well, obviously, he? obviously, if everyone else agrees. Yep. So mm. Musharab will be in this battle. Here he is. Just mark him blue, so you know he's an ally. And I'll roll initiative for him. And combat begins. And Bobbit, you are up first. Okay. How far am I away from the uh, wraith? You are from the wraith. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 60, about 70 feet away from the wraith. That's fine, because I'm willing to uh, cough up my wand of uh, magic missiles for the day. You know, obviously it'll be a while before I can recharge again afterwards, but Bobbit doesn't really like wraiths that much. So we're going to fire off that lovely... 11 plus da, 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 and 11 d4 plus 4 uh, yeah. sort of deal. Yep. That 11 d4 <laughs> plus 11, go ahead. 11. I love hearing that just out loud. Like, yes, <laughs> there's only d4, but 11 of anything in this is just yeah, is... fun. Big whammies, please. 39 points. 39. You stand on the deck of the ship, raise your wand, and send a barrage of magic missiles. <laughs> at the wraith that seems to be commanding the rest of the ghosts as they fly from their ghost ship which dematerializes into the ocean mist and swarm down upon your vessel. He takes 39 points of damage and shouts in rage. Okay, it is now Ava's turn. Ava flies up in the air right in the spot where she is, and she fires her magical bow at Spectre number two. And she hits him for eight points of damage. And then she uses her extra attack to fire at him again. Unfortunately, only rolls an eight. It's Veska's turn. Veska rushes, right, rushes forward, stands right underneath Ava. And she casts Shatter in between the two, in between Spectre One, Spectre Two, and Ghost One, hovering just off the side of the ship. They they each make deck saves. That's a pass. All three of them pass, unfortunately, and they each take ten points of electric damage. It is Sir Lucian's turn. Oh, okay. So, hmm. Not much you can do right now. Uh, hmm. Quick question. So, the... Can spectres and ghosts, can they take physical damage? They can, but only from a magical with non-magical weapon. weapon. Not with a non-magical weapon. They oh, will, okay. Uh, I, they will be resistant to it, but they will still take damage. Oh, okay. So, it's just charge blade only. Okay, so... How, so the, the really the boss monster there is pretty much the wraith, isn't it? He is. Yep. I've done a little bit of damage to him uh, already. Can I but... use a maneuver? Yes, you can. I like to use goading attack at the wraith. Is is it possible for you to do it from this far? No, it's not. You will like, have no, to get no, 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 Come catch me. And you can no, only no, move. Of... You can only move up into the middle of the ship. Unfortunately, you can't actually run 
far enough to get to him. Oh, okay. If you would like to try and throw a hand axe, you can, because if it hits him, he will still take damage, he'll just take half. And remember, um, you do get two attacks at this level, so you can throw two hand axes and maybe still... Shield wielding hand axes. All yeah, right. and um, you can actually use a goading attack with that. That would be hilariously awesome. Yes, can I do that please? Alright, so please roll D to hit the Wraith. Well, first you have to roll to hit the Wraith with your hand axe. Alright, let's do this. Two hit or not two hit? Alright. Ooh, 19. 19, you rush That's forwards it. and hurl a hand axe at the Wraith and hit him square in his translucent armour. Roll your damage, and then we'll do the goading attack. Alright, I've got a 5 plus 4, so that's, so that's 9 points nine, of damage. So I'll halve that. It takes 4 points of damage. Now you get to roll your now you get to roll your superiority dice and add that to the damage. Uh, superiority is D8. Let's do this. But no. D8, isn't it? Yep, D8. Alright, got 8. Eight. Ooh, nice. Twelve points of damage. Now he's going to make a wisdom save, which he fails. He looks at you, his mm. eyes burning with rage. And if he tries to attack anyone else other than you, he does it with disadvantage. You also Ooh. now yeah, have your extra that, attack. Would you like to throw another hand axe at him? Oh, yes, please. All right. <laughs> Come on. Let's... Uh, wait, eight plus four. No, I only got an eight on that, so eight. don't worry about Unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, it sails harmlessly through the air and splatters <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> Into the water. As he dodges <laughs> it. It is now Bulb's turn. Um... Hey, oh, yeah. Um... What would I like to do? I... Shit. <laughs> Not really much I can fucking do at the moment. Uh... You can take out the Wraith with me. At the moment, he can't strike back in reaction. Yeah. Unless it's only at me. Okay. Uh... He's, already, he's already been damaged thanks to me as well. Yeah, he's oh, taken yeah, a fair few... He's taken... He, he's, he's looking quite beaten up at the moment. He's, you know... Bleeding phantom uh, blood do, down, an ectoplasm down onto the deck of the ship. Or take out the yeah. spectres, or spectre or ghost, because he's the wraith is only going to be attacking towards me. So you're pretty much got a free shot anyone at the moment. Yeah. Fuck um, it. I'll cast. I'll fly up, so I'm just higher than the wraith. Yep. And cast scorching ray on it. All right. Um, so from Ooh. here, so do, does, what's the range on Scorching Ray? 120 feet. Ah, yep, yep, you can hit him from here. So go ahead and roll with advantage. So that's going to be 60, 60, 20s that I need to roll. Yep. Uh, so blue and blue are one, red and green is the other. Uh, so 25 and 26. Those hit. Uh, and one more roll. Uh, 24. 24. All three of them hit. Go ahead. Okay, and that is 2d6 per... Yep. ...thing. So that's... 
God, that's 66 fucking hell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 20 damage. 20 damage. And the Wraith has resistance to fire, so it takes 10 points of damage oh, cool. as the flames cool. lick at this ethereal figure. It is now oh. Musharib's turn. He rushes forwards, drawing his axe and shouting, Aah! And he casts Hunter's Mark on Ghosts number one. Hey. So he's not a barbarian then? Not quite. No. And then using yeah, his and then using his main action, he hurls a hand axe at ghost number one. He rolls a nineteen to hit it. He deals sadly only one point of damage, but his hunter's mark allows him to deal an extra one d six. He deals four points of damage to ghost number one, hurling a hand axe at it and shouting in rage. Aah! Alright then. It is now the enemy's turn. Let me see, let me see what will the... Okay. So first, the two ghosts swoop forward onto the deck. And then both of them use horrifying visage. And I would like all of you to please make uh, DC 13 wisdom saves. Oh, bugger, that's a one. I suck at ghosts. <laughs> All right, what do you want us to do, sorry? Uh, DC 13 wisdom saves, please. Oh, uh, oh damn it, I got a 12. <laughs> at least you got close to getting it. It's the second time I've got well, one less than okay. How did Sir oh, Lucy fail. fail. I got 15. 15? No, you passed. You passed. You're fine, Sir Lucy. You passed. I got a 15 fine. total after my modifier. Yeah, You're that's still fine. You're still fine. You're still fine. Uh, Ava failed. Um, Veska failed. Musharib passed. So everyone except Musharib and Sir Lucian mm -hmm. is now frightened of these two ghosts. And Bobbit. Suddenly, as you gaze, as the oh, ghost, no. ghost's gaze lingers on you and you feel the fear welling up, I would like you to roll 1d4, please. Oh, not again. <laughs> That's a one. A one. Your clothes begin to burst and pop as your body suddenly grows and expands and you age ten years in an instant. Your 12-year-old body replaced with the form of a 22-year-old fully grown woman. Just said Bobbit looks down, looks up again, and says, Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> then, oh, damn it. Spectre number two floats onto the deck and attacks Musharib. And Nat 20's on Musharib. Well, shit, he's dead. <laughs> Hitting him for 17 points of necrotic damage. He must make a constitution save at DC 10, which he passes. He is fine. The wraith, the, the spectre clasps its cold hands around him, but he pulls away. Spectre number three floats onto deck 
and attacks Ava. However, Ava dodges as its ethereal hand clasps in the air. Spectre number one floats onto deck and attacks Sir Lucian. And that is a 16 to hit. It grabs at Sir Lucian but is unable to penetrate his brand new shining plate armor. It's shiny! <laughs> Spectre number four floats and hovers just off the side of the ship, gazing at Bobbit, who seems to have captured its attention, and it just stands and watches. Mean. Meanwhile, the Wraith shouts and zooms across the deck towards Sir Lucian. And it Yeesh. reaches out with its decaying hands, attempting to grab him. And once again, his armor protects him. Shiny! Really <laughs> shiny! Okay, it is Bobbit's turn. <sighs> really, really having issues with the once again getting aged by freaking ghosts. God damn, god damn. So how old is Bobbit now? Bobbit's 22, 22 now. Hey, that means you're mature. You've got strength and agility. Everything increases. Yeah, uh, but... Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> Sorry? It would be yeah, interesting if that's how it worked mechanically. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. So who exactly was the one responsible for aging me? Uh, oh, ghost number one. one of the, it was one of the ghosts, wasn't it? Yeah, it was ghost number one. Ghost number one. Da, da, da. Over there by itself. Ghost number two's gaze didn't do anything. It and ghost in the range of... Okay, so if I can still attack ghost number one, correct? Yes, you can. Good, good to know, good to know. Well, in that case, I'm going to try one of my new spells I picked out for my last level. He watches Bobbit sort of just stares off at the ghost that aged her. It's like, I do not want to have to keep fixing my clothes because I keep getting aged. Screw this noise. You watch as all of a sudden uh, some intricately twisted silver starts appearing behind Bobbit and takes the form of three barbed harpoons. This is a spell known as Devilish Hunt. Yeah, fun. It's a one action. I can throw up to ninety feet. Concentration spell, and it's uh, you conjure three barbed harpoons of intricately twisted silver. They float in the air above your head for the spell's duration and fade when it ends. When you cast the spell, there's an action on each of your subsequent turns. You can make a ranged spell attack to hurl a harpoon and target within thirty feet of you. If you miss, the harpoon fades. If you hit, the harpoon takes two d six piercing damage and must make a dexterity saving throw. If they fail, the harpoon lodges in their flesh. Ooh. There's another part here, but I will leave that until we get a hit on first. On ghost number one. Mm. Yes. So technically, that counts as an action. Can uh, it says as an action? Well, when I cast a spell, I can throw one. So yes, I will happily lodge lob one of these lovely. Silver thing is directly there. It does an 18 hit. It sure does. Okay, can I get you to make a dexterity save, save while for I the roll up ghost. Your, uh... The ghost rolled a 16 on its dex save. Eh, crap, I can't remember what the DC was. The DC at. I'm going to be pissed at saves. Where is it? Uh, ah, yeah, I was going to say, say you're 6th mm. level. It mm. should be roughly mm. around 16. 
Yeah, no, mine's mine's fifteen, so no. So it's still gonna take two D six, which isn't bad, but considering what I was hoping for. And it's gonna be six points of piercing damage. Yep, that's fine. It takes six points of piercing damage. It is now Ava's turn. Ava rushes forwards towards Spectre number two and swings with her sword. And she nat ones on the first one. But then she yeah. goes with her offhand sword and hits Spectre number two, dealing six points of damage to it. She then uses her extra attack, goes in and swings with her main hand sword and nat 20s. That's better. And nice. deals 12 oh, points of damage to Spectre two. It screams as it fades out of existence. Yay! It is Veska's turn. She fires a ray of frost at ghost number one. She hits, deals seven points of damage to ghost number one, and its walking speed is halved, which won't really do anything because it flies. <laughs> it just casually walks over. I float, bitch. Actually, she gets extra on her ray of frost. That will be altogether 12 points of damage on her ray of frost. And it is now Sir Lucian's turn. Oh, okay. Um, quick question. Out of the two of the most strongest characters beside me, are the ghost or the spectre? Ah, uh, the... the... The Who Wraith, is the strongest? The Wraith would be the strongest of the three, but the Ghost would be stronger than a Spectre. Alright, oh, it's because it's what I'm currently engaged in at the moment. Yeah. Uh, Who am I engaged in? Oh, wait, I've got everyone in front of me. Alright, can I... Hmm. Can I... I'll have to use my Charge Blade on the Wraith, won't I? Uh, yep, yep, you can use <laughs> it on the Wraith. Go ahead. Let's do this. And I got a 12 plus. Is that a hit? 12 plus straight to 4. I don't think that's a hit. But a 12. That is, let me check. Unfortunately, no, the Wraith has an AC of 13. However, you do have your extra attack. Would you like to try again? Yes, I shall. Go ahead. Wraith, you need to die. Swing with your charge oh, blade. Sorry, that was a. Dice, and that is a 13. That's a That's hit. That's a hit. Roll your damage, and are you spending a charge to deal extra damage? Oh, hell yes. So hell go ahead. Yes. So roll 1d8 plus 1, 1d6 to deal your damage. Alright. I got a 7 plus 4, 11 points. Ooh, nice. Your blade glows with divine energy as it swings through the air and slashes the Wraith, who screams out in pain and rage. It is now Bulb's turn. Okay, so the Wraith is dead, did you say? No, Wraith's not dead. It's just oh, taken a hit. Okay, uh... One of the Spectres is dead, though. Oh, yep. Um, well... I... I'm going to raise my hands in the air and wave them just so this don't care. <laughs> and cause a storm cloud to appear above us. Ooh. Oh. And okay. I'm going to try and hit Ghost One and Spectre One. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right yep. Watch a bird call uh, lightning. 
they must make a DC 15 dexterity save. Let's yeah, see. dexterity saving throw. Ghost rolled 15, and the Spectre uh, rolled 14. Okay, so the Spectre failed, the Ghost half. succeeded. Yeah, the Ghost takes half damage. Yep. Uh, find my D10s, because I very rarely use them. I forget what they look like. Understandable. Okay, so... Uh, this is assuming they don't have resistance. I'm just going to read it out. Um, 13 full damage. 13 full damage. Okay, so the Wraith takes 6 because... It, uh, sorry, the Spectre does take 6 because it does have resistance to lightning and thunder oh, damage. And the Ghost no. also has resistance, so the Ghost is taking 3 points. What is this shit? Bob <laughs> once again raises his hand, goes, Well, I'm fucking useless. <laughs> Unfortunate. Well, you know now. <laughs> yeah, now um, I know, now I know. I'm actually going to write that down, sorry. Yeah. I know it's half the battle. It's Misharib's Unfortunately, turn. the other half of the battle is actually beating them. Misharib yeah. rushes forwards to Spectre number one, and he uses a reckless attack to roll with advantage, going, as he swings his great axe through the air. And he nat 20s. Hitting, his, hitting Spectre 1 for 24 points of damage, shattering it into a puff of smoke. Nice. It is now the enemy's turn. Ghost uh, Spectre 3 floats up to Bulb and reaches out a bony, emaciated hand, and yep. it rolls an 18 to hit. That hits. My new AC with my armor is 16. Yep. Bulb, Aww. you take nine points of necrotic damage. Please make a constitution save. Yeah. Uh, constitution. Okay. Uh, constitution, constitution, constitution. Uh, oh, that's only an eight. Okay. Your current HP is now your maximum HP until you finish a long rest or have a greater rest. Yay! It's yeah. like I didn't level up. Well... <laughs> 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 The, s the uh... spectre, the spectre clasps its hands around your neck, and when it when you pull its hand away, there's just a black mark burnt into your flesh from where its hand was. Yeesh. Spectre number four floats up to Bobbit and throws out another bony hand, and that yeah. is a twenty-three to hit. Oh, come on. Yep, okay. Bobbit, you take 10 points of necrotic damage. Please make a con save. Uh, nat 20. Nat 20, you're fine. You rip its hand so off your body. If you'd done that, because I was... It's funny, if you'd done that, I would have said the exact same thing, because that was my old HP. Yep. Ghost number one floats towards Ava. And lashes... And... Attempts to use possession on her. Oh, God. Ava makes a charisma save, and she fails. The oh, ghost shit. takes possession of Ava, who immediately aims her bow towards Bulb and fires, <sighs> but only rolls 14. She then, uses oh, her, she then uses her extra attack to slash at Veska with her main... Off with her main sword. She nat 20s no. and hits Vesca no. for 16 points of damage. 
She then swings it. She then declares Veska her favored foe as a bonus action. She's gonna hate you when she when she finds <laughs> out about this. Ghost number two attempts to possess Sir Lucian. Sir Lucian, make a oh, charisma God. save, please. Oh no. Let's see if I'm so high on my own energy that I can just ignore it. It's like, oh, my yeah. ego <laughs> protects me. Yeah. Do you have a title for this? I got an. <laughs> I've got an 18. Yeah. 18, oh, okay. you pass! Ego works! Yeah, 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 he just touches you, you look and go, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> the ghost. Takes his finger off him. You feel the wow, ghost trying to. <laughs> you feel the ghost trying to force its way into your mind, and you just stamp on the deck of the ship and go, "Nobody inhabits Sir Lucian's brain." Can I do something in reaction? Uh yeah, sure. I'll allow. What would you like to do? I would like to charge blow them into the next eternity. Go I ahead. Roll to hit it with disadvantage. I'm just gonna let him do this as a flavor thing. This is gonna be fucking yeah. awesome. Alright. If you get him. Oh my fucking god! Oh my god! What? Nat what? Yes. Nat 1? Nat 20. fucking 20. Yeah, did you roll yeah, twice? But you, still have to roll the, you still have to roll the second one because it's with disadvantage. Oh, so unfortunately yeah. you don't oh, get okay. it. Please go on. Nothing hurts more than rolling a nat 20 on disadvantage. Yep. Oh, okay. Let's just, let's just say that it felt really good. It did, yeah. but it's not going to do anything, unfortunately. <laughs> You know what? I've got a 10 uh, and 4. Was... Is that a pass? Yeah, that's a hit. You hit it. Go ahead. There roll go. the damage. There you go. Parry into the next dimension. You did. Oh, this bitch needs to die. <laughs> Nobody inflates my own head, takes over my ego except me. Damn. <laughs> the only, yes. I got a 6 <laughs> plus the 4. Oh, yes, yeah, I know you're all D6, don't yep. I? If you're going to spend a charge, yes. Oh, hell yes. And that's plus a three. Ooh, 13 points of damage altogether, not bad. Nobody lives in Sir Lucian's head other than Sir Lucian's ego. Oh, God. It is the Wraith's turn. The Wraith oh, no. looks at Sir Lucian and it lashes out with its bony hand and rolls an eight, unable to pierce Sir Lucian's armor. Bobbit, it is your turn. Oh, well, I will pick up where I left up on the last attack. Ghost one is wait. Ghost one's possessed Ava. Yeah, hasn't you it? have to attack Ava. I'm just, I've just got uh, Ghost one there on the thing. Is there any other way of stopping a possession? Um, well, Ava gets a saving throw against it. Um, after one, after um, let me see, what is the length of time? Uh, she gets another saving throw in one minute, otherwise the possession lasts until the body drops to zero points. Wait, so she doesn't get, like, a shot on her turn to... Nope. Well, you can, use a, you can use a spell, like Dispel Evil and Good or something. Yeah, I don't have that. I'm pretty sure I had that as an option, I just didn't take it. Yes, you have to go, oh, you have to attack Ava. And when attacking Ava causes the ghost to make a concentration check. Yeah, I don't think my spell's going to be good for that, though. Because I have to keep using Devil's Hunt, no, Devilish Hunt, until I finish off the other yeah, two. Yeah, uh, yes. And so that's probably not going to be good for her. However, Spectre 4 is directly in front of me. Yep, so you can use it on him. Yeah, so that is a... 
Spectres. I mean, it's 21 to hit, which I assume it does. It does hit. Spectres only have an AC of 11. And it's going to be five piercing off the bat, so nice. another dex save if you could. The Spectre makes a dex save, and it rolls a nine. Fantastic. So now I can read another part of the... Uh, so because you, you know, you're currently impaled... Where are we riding up? Yep. Uh, no, that's the wrong spell. Moving down, further down. Here we go. Yep. Uh, Lodges in the flesh. When a creature has been skewered by a harpoon, its speed is halved, and you can use a bonus action to cause an invisible chain to pull taut, hauling the creature 10 feet towards you for each harpoon lodged in it. The creature can take an action to pull any number of harpoons out, but it will take damage if it does that. Ooh. The spectre is going to attempt to pull them out. How many is it impaled with at the moment? Just the one. It rips that one harpoon out of its pearly Fantastic. flesh. I'm guessing, I'm guessing necrotic damage is going to be a thing. Oh, there's something that's resistant to. They're actually... Uh, they're, they are resistant to it, yes. So uh, I'm still going to roll the 3d6 anyway, just to be safe. Okay, so it's going to take... I rolled a 12, so that's going to be 6 points of... Uh, of uh, necrotic damage, so I believe yep. it's supposed to be on its turn, but we'll, we'll work with that for now. However, whenever yeah. it passes through a solid object, it has to take 1d10 force damage. Oh. And so yeah. it takes 8 force damage from ripping the harpoon out of its body. Oh, hey, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, so just that moment where it goes to rip it out, smiles at Bob, and Bob just smiles back as all of a sudden it takes this massive amount of damage on it. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, you should leave those alone. It is Ava's turn. She rushes right up to Bulb and she swings at him with her main hand weapon, rolls oh. a 15. <sighs> she then uses her offhand weapon and rolls a 17 striking Bulb oh. with it for 6 points of damage. Six points. Yep. She then uses her extra attack to fire her bow at Veska, who is her favoured foe. I bet. Goddamn, she's going to do more damage to us than the actual bloody ghosts. And she rolls a 12, which is just enough for Veska to duck as the arrow flies over her head. But it just needs to punch her in the head to get her to <laughs> let the ghost out, because I don't want to do anything else to her. It is now Veska's turn, and she casts Blur on herself, rushes up to Ava, and swings with her short sword, and nat 20s. Oh god. Hitting Ava for 11 points of damage, and causing Ghost number yeah. 1 to make a concentration check, which he fails, being expelled oh from Ava's body, and floating there on the deck just above Veska and Ava. It is Sir Lucian's turn. Alrighty. I'll be once again. So, who wants to die next? Okay, at the moment, I think this Wraith really needs to go down, doesn't he? He does. You're lucky he um, hasn't been hitting is, you. Does cause... he look worse for wear at the moment? He does. I've got shiny armor, that's why. 
Yeah, you're lucky he's yes, not hitting you because he deals very shiny armor. He deals four d ten necrotic damage because he hits you. So yeah, that's bad. That's bad. We don't like you know, that. I'm gonna use my last. We've got like two charges left. Yep. So I'm going to swing, swing with another him. charge blade attack. At go the ahead. Go yes, ahead. Please. Roll to hit. Oh, that's a seventeen. Seventeen. That's a hit. Roll. Roll for damage. One d eight plus one d six. Oh, beautiful. And that will spend the last charge for the day. D eight. Uh, that is six, four, that's ten points. Ooh. Divine Five. Light pulses through your sword as you stab it into the wraith. He shrieks and turns into a pillar of smoke that quickly dissipates into the sea breeze. Hooray. Good job, Sir Lucian. Okay, it is Bob's oh. turn. Do I have a second attack? Oh yeah, you do. You still have your second attack. Would do I have like a second attack? You do. Would yeah, you like to go um, for the ghost too? Yes, please. That will All extend right. my last charge. Yes, go ahead. Let's do it. I believe, ghost, it's your turn. Yeah, bitch. Oh, okay, don't worry, it's a five. It's, it's a five. A yep. of existence. You no. swing through the air and the ghost swoops out of the way. It is, it is now... It is Bulb's turn. Alright. I wasn't aware people heard that. Yeah, well, we did, but we're. we're, we're Sorry. Yeah. Um, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, dead. <laughs> um. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Because if I move, I'm going to take two opportunities. Although Spectre yeah. 4 is currently engaged with Bobbit, with Bobbit. isn't it? It is. So yeah. if I ran away from it, I wouldn't get it. Yeah, a... just be Spectre 3, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to take an attack of opportunity from Spectre 3, and I'm going to run over here. Yep. Spectre 3 reaches out at you as you run past and clasps the air. Okay. I am going to make my lightning strike hit here. Yep. So, dexterity saves, please. Okay, that is a 9 and an 11. So they both fail. They both fail. I can move with that. 3d10 damage. Lost all my d10s there. Um, it's not great, but it's the best I can do to hit both of them. 10 damage. 10 damage. Cut down to five each. No, still not bad. Still not bad. In fact, Spectre Four dissipates as the lightning strikes him. Work. It is Masharib's turn. He shouts in rage, Rah! and he runs to Ghost Number Two, making a reckless attack, nat twentying, and hitting Jesus. Ghost Number Two for twenty-one points of damage. It is now the enemy's turn. Ghost number one floats down towards Bulb, drawing an attack of opportunity oh. from both Veska and Ava. Veska misses, but Ava hits, dealing six points of damage. And then Bulb, it reaches out a bony hand. Stop it. 
and rolls 15. You dodge out of the way as it reaches oh. for you. <laughs> Spectre 3 reaches out to grab Veska. And because of her blur, is unable to hit her as her image just wavers there on the deck of the ship. Ghost Yay. number two floats away from Sir Lucian and Musharib, getting an attack of opportunity from Sir Lucian. <laughs> hey, come back here. I'm not finished with you. Uh, that is a... Yes, I'm finished with you. It's a five. It's a five, yep. Mm. You swing at it, but you miss. It zooms across the deck towards Bobbit and reaches out a bony hand, and that's going to yeah. be a ten to hit. Bobbit, nope. you block it with your shield. And now, Bulb and Bobbit, I need you each both to make wisdom saves, because you're still frightened of these ghosts. Yeah. Maybe I'll I'm already older. That's 17. a unnatural 20. Yep, so you're no longer frightened. I'm no longer frightened as well, because I got a... Was it 17? Yep, you're fine. You're both no longer frightened. Okay, yeah. it is Bobbit's turn. Well, I'm oh, sure that's getting through. Yep. Fair enough. Well, I still have one more spear left, and I still have a ghost in front of me, so why not? Hoist away. That's 18 plus 25, which I assume is going to work just fine. That's yep, that's a hit. Pierce, seven points of piercing damage. Dex, please. Sir. Dex, please. The ghost rolls its dex save, and that is an eight. Yep, nope, that's, that's good and lodged in there, thank you very much. <laughs> and because it starts its next, it, because it's going to start its next turn with a solid object lodged into it, it takes eight points of force damage. Sweet. Okay, it is Ava's turn. She slashes three attacks at Spectre 3, and as she strikes it, it shrieks and disappears from existence. Yes. It is Veska's turn. She fires a ray of frost at ghost number two. She hits and deals ten points of cold damage to it. It is now Sir Lucian's turn. Alright. So, I'm probably just going to go and engage and swing, I suppose. Yep. Rah, you run in, your sword held right, in front of you, roll me... to hit. Alright, rolling now, 14 plus 4, yeah, that that's a hit. hit. That's a hit, roll for damage. Uh, that is an 8 plus, what is it, 6 or 4 for charge blade. Uh, D6 for charge blade. A... Oh, D6. Oh, D8, D8. I've got a uh, 6 on that. No, I've got a yeah, 6 on that. So, yep. 6 plus 4 is 10. ten. You slash through the ghost. It shrieks and turns into a puff of smoke, and Bobbit's harpoons drop loosely onto the deck of the ship. Oh, dang. It is Bulb's turn. Okay. That's just the one next to me now? Yep, just ghost number one. Um, I'm just going to try and bonk it on the head with my staff. Alright, go ahead. Your staff <laughs> is magical. And there's a ghost. So AC is pretty low. Mm. Um, I'm bonking on the head. Unfortunately, I only get a plus two to hit with my staff. 
You got this. Oh no. <laughs> you got this. Six. <laughs> Six, yep. You swing your staff at it, it swoops out of the way. It is now the ghost's turn. It reaches out its bony hand and it rolls a 19 to hit. Yep, that's gonna hit. Bulb, you take 11 points of necrotic damage. Oh, God. Stop this. It is Bobbit's turn. Well, so we only have this one ghost left, right? Yep. Well, technically speaking, my gun is magical, so... Yeah, go yeah. ahead and try to shoot it. Just gonna, I mean, we'll just add random kind of random things I've shot in today to a... Uh, it's an 15 plus 8, so that's 23. That's a hit. Roll yep. for damage. Yep. Okay. Da, 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 da. It is... Well, since I've shot something, what are we looking at? Yep, that's going to be 12 points of uh, piercing damage. You raise your gun, bang, and fire. Hitting the ghost okay. right in its ethereal torso. It yeah. shrieks in consternation. Takes one look at he takes one look at the party, especially Musharib running across the deck with his with his axe drawn, and then swoops away into the oh, swoops away into the waves, fleeing. Yeah. And that is the yeah. end of combat. Okay, well, I guess I better start working on my. Uh... Changing my armor to fit for a 22 year old again. <laughs> so we will move on to the next day of travel. So, Wait, do I stay 22? How does this work again? Yeah, until you get a until you get a until you get a restoration. Like lesser restoration or? Uh, uh not a lesser restoration. Actually, it's the one that your charm of restoration casts because that's what you use. Yeah, last so time. lesser. Yeah, lesser. Oh, either I can. Use the channel regeneration, or just go. You know what? Twenty-two is not that in the yeah, universe. Yeah, have all your clothes refitted. Uh, I'm guessing I'm going to be working on mending for that crap. So, I um, still have one more charm of restoration left. Yeah. I mean, I, I have two. I was just trying to so, hold on to them because you know we may I want need to restore them. Restore my charge blade. Yes, your your charge oh. blade restores in the next day of travel. Um, yeah. So. At the end of this day, would you like to eat rations or attempt to fish? Rations. I was going to say you guys... I, mean, I still had nine days of rations. Yeah, you have your own personal Personally, rations. so... Yep. I'm just going to eat one of those. Alright. I'm working on mending. I'll just eat rations. I'm working on fixing my armor and stuff to fit me now again. Damn it. Yep. So 28 days of rations left, except for Bulb, we'll count him as still having 29 days left. And then we move on, you may uh, take short rests, if you'd like, at the end of this day, or would, unless you'd like to, unless Bulb would like to try to fix his, fix the gun into his staff again. Um, oh, pardon me, jeez. After that fight, I'm going to need to rest. Alright, so you may... Say, do... oh, I'm sorry. You may take yeah. your short rests before I do the next day of travel. Right, so I can take a short rest, but can I also... What do I need to work with for my uh, armor to try and fit me again? Um, yeah, uh, well, your breastplate, your breastplate was... Yeah, um, a tinker's tool check of DC 
16 or higher will allow you to alter your armor to fit your new proportions. However, you will mm. be doing this instead of a rest. Uh, it took 10 points, so... And you uh, and the spell slot, I believe. Ah, shit. Yeah. Mm. You just said lesser restoration and fix this, right? Yeah, lesser restoration will fix it. Restore you to your original form. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying the whole, like, random anime trope of small child ends up in adulthood with no real reason. Yeah, but... it's happened twice now. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like the game just wants me to stay at this age. <laughs> uh, still have a potion to work with. Oh, I'll yeah, gamble This has been a great little quest yep. today. Alright, uh, yeah, I'll, has gamble, been. I'll gamble on it. Alright, make just it like idea, I, just, I, I do like the idea of, like, you know, get back on the ledge going, Oh, so how was your boy? Oh, Ooh, what okay, happened to you? Wow, you... <laughs> eh, he was a bit of wraith. Yes. He just gets a dustpan out, sprinkles what it out. What did you say the DC was? Uh, 16 or higher. Okay, well, I rolled a 13 plus 3, so that's just on 16. Yeah, so you spend that night... Um, <laughs> just re-altering clothes your armor, and armor. Extending your clothes, extending your armor, putting a little bit of magic and elbow grease into it till it fits your new bodily proportions, mm. and you fully embrace life as a grown-up. And now you can <sighs> do all the grown-up things, such as perhaps maybe find out what the fuss is with this alcohol that Sir Lucy keeps drinking. Eh. We move oh, on no. to our next day of travel. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Somebody please roll a d20. There's somebody I'm not going to. Yeah, no, no, I did it last time. That's how we got the ghost pirates. So anyone else would be great, All thanks. Right. Rolling six. six. No, sorry, nine. 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 No nine. encounter this day. Hooray, short rest. Ava, yeah, Ava does her navigation check, she passes. Um, yeah, you can either take a short rest or bulb, you can attempt to fish if you like. Or use your own rations. But I guess Bobbit will um, want to take a short rest sorry? this night. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, get ship back. I want to try and incorporate my rifle. Ah, yes. My... So yes, go ahead and attempt that arcana check again, DC 18. 18. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was it last time? 17. 17. Sorry. Yeah, 17. Cheese and chili? <laughs> no, that's not gonna work. Cheese and cheese? <sighs> and how did we go? Yeah, I failed. You failed. Oh, Alright, we can try again the next night. Sir Lucian, please make a survival check to try to fish. Uh, survival, I got, uh, eight. Eight? That is... Plus your wisdom mod. Uh, plus three, eleven. Still not a pass. Well, it's DC of ten, so you're fine. You managed to catch enough fish that everyone's able to eat fish for dinner this night, and you don't have to dig into the rations. We move on to the next... I have an intelligence to be able to do that. <laughs> One, two, three... Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, you are now about one day from Mesro. At the end of this day, someone please roll a d20. I will. Go ahead, Remy. Twelve. Twelve. No encounter on this day. 
Damn, we've gotten exceedingly lucky on this crap. Yeah. Um. Would you guys like short? I assume Bob would like to try to incorporate the rifle into his staff again. Yep. Go ahead, make the Arcana check. Hey, that's better. That's twenty-four. Finally, on your third attempt, you sit there on the deck of the ship as the sun sets, as the cold sea breeze blows at you, and you manage to finally perform the ritual, and you hold up your staff, a hole at the end of it, serving as a gun barrel. And now, all you need do is hold your staff forwards and move your arm in the motion of pulling a trigger. And a magical round will be fired from your staff. Oh, so he already has the magical round part already? Oh, well, well no. The, a round will be magically propelled from his staff. Ah. So he does need ammo. Say, I, yeah. I can, I can, I can do the Ah, uh, It will deal. Let's see. What does a rifle deal? I believe it's 1d12. Yeah, it is 1d12. Yes. Plus, Plus your dex mod. Dick? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm more than happy to do the... Uh, Upgrade for it so he doesn't have to use ammo for it. If you're willing to do it, I will take it. If you're willing it. to expend a slot, yeah. then go ahead. Yep, that's an infusion slot. There you go. You show I your handiwork to Bobbit and she immediately takes it, runs her hands over it. And it's kind mm -hmm. of it's kind of strange seeing this, for all intents and purposes, fully grown woman giggling and smiling like a schoolgirl <laughs> as she admires the handiwork. But she places an enchantment on your new rifle so that it will generate its own rounds, requiring not so, requiring you to keep track of ammunition. I was gonna say, as, as she uh, like goes away, she looks and goes, "I consider doing that with my own rifle, with my own gun." But um, Mister Stick was less than encouraging on the idea. <laughs> yes, just scratches her head and walks off. And then, Sir Lucian, please make a survival check to fish again off the deck of the ship. Who wants fish for the tenth day in a row? I got fifteen. Yeah, fishy, 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 fishy. <laughs> Sweetie chef. <laughs> no, that was that uh, Burton only actually, but yeah, yeah just the idea. Oh, of, sorry. Yeah, Sir Lucian doesn't fish. He just yells at the water, and they get in the boat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Commands with his title. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I command you to get on attach yourselves to my rod immediately. And they just flocked to the rod. Damn, did that work? And what did you roll? Sorry? And he what said did 15. You, 15? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, he, he literally commands the fish. They attach to the rod. So Lucian provides you all <laughs> a nice dinner of fried fish again for the second night in a row. We begin the this final day of travel towards Mesro. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. As you enter Kitcher's Inlet and round the coastline of Cholt, and you see the grand city of Mesro poking out from the jungle canopy. Its vast grand spires crumbled after centuries of disuse and covered with all sorts of crawling greenery even in this state the city looks grand as you sail towards it for the final encounter check would someone like to roll a d20 please go for an m2 
16. 16. That is an encounter. Okay, I need to stop being allowed <laughs> to roll encounter checks, because I'm the only one that has had this happen to him. Please roll a d8. <laughs> uh, if it's posts again, I will reach through and kill you. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> four? Four. Ooh. As you sail towards Mesro, you hear something echoing from the shoreline. <laughs> and then, before your eyes, you see what appears to be the form of a wrinkled old lady shum- shuffling out onto the shore and zooming through magic, levitating herself across the water, making a beeline straight for your ship. Is that a witch? Uh, Bulb may attempt a nature check if he likes to see what it is. Yep, sure, may as well. Uh, Uh, 21. You recognize it immediately. You tell Bobbit it is a sea hag, and sure enough, as she draws nearer to your ship, more cackling voices pick up, and you notice the rest of her coven emerging oh. from the oh, shoreline, levitating Again? towards your boat. What would please, you like to please. do? I'd like to stop rolling for encounters now. <laughs> uh, battle stations, because we're not getting out of this without Please, a very yeah, well. Clearly. Everyone, please roll for initiative. Uh, nine. Nine for bold. Eighteen. Ooh, nice. I almost feel bad for saying this out loud now, but uh, twenty-two. <laughs> it's okay. Pretty much the same order as last time, then. So Lizzie's a bit shot. What? <laughs> Someone higher than me? And so, we head into combat with a coven of sea hags. God damn. Any with ten foot poles? <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't, don't. And We're not doing that again. as the sea hags draw nearer oh, to the ship, they raise their hands, and the waves around the ship begin to roil and crash as you see two giant octopuses emerge from the drink. Ready oh, well, at the if back of the throwing more hands. lightning here. Okay, now would be the time for lightning. <laughs> would you like yeah. your guides to participate in this fight? I mean, Dwarven Boy did pretty well last time. You want to bring him back? Uh, yes, please. We, I believe uh, we are going to need it. Yeah, do you want him and... Um, yeah, yeah, I, I would vote for Salander as well. Yep, yeah, bring bring both all, of them hands out. On, all hands on deck, please. All hands on deck for this one. So Salida and Mujariba both coming up to fight with you. And well, I like the token. Mm-hmm. it is Salida's turn first, because she got a 23 oh. on her initiative. Fair enough. So uh, that will be a UNT pure blood and a sea hag and a giant octopus. But I have to bring uh, Good times. Okay, she gets to go first. And what she's going to do is she's going to run to the edge of the ship and she casts Poison Spray at uh, the giant octopus in front of her. He fails his con save and takes 
Yes. 24 points of poison damage. Oh, lovely. It is now Bobbit's turn. Okay, so... Options, options everywhere. Um... I don't know who's getting more of an annoying threat at this point. The Octopi or the Sea Hags? And they're in equal numbers. Um, hmm. So, Salida attacked one of the octopus, right? The, yep, she attacked a giant octopus one. Yeah, I might give her a hand from a distance back here, and uh, I will once again go for the uh, magic missile barrage. Yep, or giant Just octopus if it number one. Yeah, you might even yeah, kill if it, it works, with this. It if it works, it works. Plus, I go on my uh, charges back because it's a daily thing, not a. Uh, yep. So go ahead and it. roll your damage. Plus eleven, not plus. Forty-three points of damage. Oh, okay. The giant octopus lashes out with a tentacle, trying to block the magic missiles, but it cannot do so. The missiles pound it below the surface of the water, and it does not re-emerge. Oh, damn. Wow, okay. Okay, Sir Lucian, you are up. Oh, got just here in just a time. Okay, so let me just join Albert. Is there anyone I can interact with? Is there anything I can really do? You'd um, have to throw hand axes to try to hit them until they get close to the ship. <laughs> so, oh wow, how did the giant octopus just poof its way out of existence? Uh, Bobbit just killed it with a shitload of magic missiles. Holy fuck, okay. Um, I'm gonna just stick with your bananas, Bobbit. <laughs> I won't piss you off today. <laughs> Okay, um, can I hand axe a giant octopus? Number two, yep. So you step into range and go for it. Roll to hit it. Oh, that's a cost dice. That is a 18. That is Ooh, an 18. Beautiful, that's a, that's hit. a hit. That's a hit. Roll your damage. Okay, while he's rolling, random uh, question. Can yeah. we use the cannons at all on this ship? You can. If you'd like to, well, in this case, they're ballistas, but you can man them if you yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, I just meant that yeah. the uh, people have to wait to get in the physical range. They get stuck yeah, on a ballista. You can, and then you... you can. Well, that's a thought. Okay, that's three plus four. That's a seven points of damage. Ooh, seven points. Do I add the attack bonus? Ah, uh, no, no, that's just to hit. You slash your hand axe oh, okay, flies sorry. forward and cuts the tip off one of the ten one of the octopus's tentacles, causing it to writhe in the water. You still have your extra attack, which lets you throw another. Oh, hell yeah. Alright, go ahead, roll to hit. Nat freaking 20. 20. Yeah, roll your damage and double it. Yeah, come on, let's do this. That is a 4, so... So, 8, four, so, add your, so add your strength mod first, and then double it. Oh wow, so strength mod 4, so 4. So 8, so 16 damage. Yeah, 12 damage. Also oh, 16, yeah. Yes, yeah, 16. You hurl your hand axe, slicing off another of the tentacles as the octopus just writhes in pain. It is now Ava's turn. She rushes up next to Sir Lucian. She declares the giant octopus her favourite foe and fires her bow at it. Unfortunately, her arrow harmlessly lands in the water. It is Mujarib's turn. He roars 
he uses a bonus action to cast Hunter's Mark on Sea Hag 2. And then he mans the Ballista in front of him and fires at Sea Hag 2. And for the third time today, he nat 20s. Dealing oh, 31 points of damage to Sea Hag 2. Arrow from the ballista knocks her into the sea and she treads water as she screams curses. It is now Bulb's turn. Bulb is going to, once again, uh, fly halfway up the mast just so he can see everything. Because yep. he's probably lower than the bloody bullistrates. <laughs> yep. The railings. Yep, he and... is. And... He is going to raise his hands and conjure a storm cloud once again. Ooh, yes, this will work well. And he is going to try and hit right here. Yes. So that he hits the octopus and Seahag 4. Yep, and they're both going to attempt their saves now. Seahag 4 rolls a 17, giant octopus rolls a 2. Okay, so the octopus fails, Seahag succeeds. The full damage is 15. 15. And they are both, I believe, weak to lightning. Yes, they are. So 30 damage to both of them. You hear the sea hag scream in rage and the giant octopus splashes water against the side of the boat as it writhes in pain. It is now Veska's turn. She rushes up towards Sir Lucian and Ava and Casts a ray of frost at Sea Hag 4, but she misses. It is now the enemy's turn. Giant Octopus 2 swims the entire breadth of the ship, coming up close to Bobbit, and lashes out with its tentacles. And that oh, is a. More <laughs> yeah, than the more Sea Hag. This is a 19 to hit, so it hits you, and you take. A 12 points of bludgeoning damage, and you are now, and you must now make either an athletics or an acrobatics check, DC 16, to avoid being grappled. Okay, well, I'm going to have to go with acrobatics, because I have nothing for athletics. Yep. Um, what did you say the DC was? 16. Well, that's a 15, so I'm going yep. for a swim. Yay! Yep. You're Shit. grappled. It pulls you off the boat and you splash into the water as it pulls We're just covering all the anime tropes today. We had yep. the 12-year-old turns into a 22-year-old, and now there's instantly octopus. Yeah, there's tentacles involved. Right. right. You're pulled, <laughs> and as it pulls you towards it, it submerges under the surface of the water, doing its best yeah. attempt to drown you. <laughs> No, no, no. Someone's team no, 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 no. <laughs> sea Hag 4 flies towards Sir Lucian, Ava, and Veska. And without coming on board the ship, she raises her hand and she casts Lightning Bolt. I would like Sir Lucian to please make a deck save. A deck save? I like where this is going. <laughs> Uh, I got a whole two. A two. Ava failed, and Veska sadly failed. So that is going to be... Uh, hmm. 
8d6 of damage. That's going to be for Veska, Ava, and Sir Lucian. 24 points of lightning damage. Meanwhile, Sea Hag well, 3. Like Johnny Elmer, like a giant fucking lightning <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's been hit with a lightning bolt. Sea Hag 3 <laughs> hovers onto the ship, and hovering above the deck, she points her finger towards Bulb, and she casts at 6th level Eye Bite. Her eyes become an inky void imbued with dread power. Bulb, make a wisdom save. How did Bulb do on his wisdom save? That was a nat one. Nat one. Oh. Okay. She smiles. She smiles at you and commands you to feel sickened. Suddenly, vicious nausea wells up in your innards. Your insides twist and turn. And uh, you now have disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. At the, each of oh. end, at the end of each of your turns, you may make another wisdom saving throw to throw off the effect. That hit way too close to home this week, thanks, Dan. I know. Oh. <laughs> I'm well, sorry. Just... I'm sorry. Sea <laughs> Hag okay. number... Right. number 1 floats onto the deck right next to Sea Hag 3. And she casts bestow curse actually uh, what's the range on bestow curse right oh it's touch okay so she has to come further that's okay she will not cast that she stays where she is and she casts phantasmal killer upon selida selida fails her wisdom so wisdom save and becomes frightened immediately Sprinting away from the two sea hags as fast as she will go. Sea hag number two stays floating beside the ship and casts Polymorph on Mujarib. He fails his wisdom save and where oh the mighty God. dwarf once stood, a small newt flops. A small newt scurries for cover under the ballista. Oh my god. It is now uh, Salida's turn. Our already short person. Salida stands on the edge of the ship and fires her short bow at Giant Octopus 2. However, she misses. Bobbit, it is your turn. <laughs> First of all, please make a con save as you are struggling to breathe underwater. Um, yeah, no, I, I fail. I fail. You take... Ten mm. points of damage as you gasp for breath. Now you may oh, attempt this. to break free from the grapple with either an acrobatics or an athletics check. Okay, come on. Please, 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 acrobatics. There's an at 20. Yay! You Yay! pull off this thing. You pull free, extricating yourself from the giant octopus's tentacles, and you swim five feet away from it, still treading water. What would, <laughs> what would you like to do? How badly, like, does this thing look hurt? Because I know it's um, taking a crap load of damage. Um, yeah, it's looking, a couple of its tentacles have been chopped off, but it still looks like it has some fight in it. 
Uh, well, first things first, I'd like to uh, activate my little backpack with, so I could get the freaking hell out of its range. Just, yep. like, go straight up for Just about a good... fly straight up in the air. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and from my vantage point, I'm now going to take a shot out with my pistol. Go ahead. Because there's no powder involved, it's just magic, so yep. nothing Yep, roll to hit it. Okay. Do I get advantage because I'm higher up? Or... Yes, you do. You can roll with advantage. That's what I have to hear. It's going to be a... 21 to hit. 21 to hit. That's a hit. Roll for damage. Put it's only going to be 8 points of damage, though. 8 points of damage. Unfortunately, it's still up. It's trying desperately to grab you, but it can't. It is Ava's turn. She takes flight, spreading her wings, declares Sea Hag 4 her favoured foe, and then goes in with all three of her swords. Hitting it for 31 points of damage altogether. It is now Sir Lucian's turn. Alright, I am going to use a uh, riposte. Okay, I want to use a goading attack. Well, yep. first I'm going to try and do goading attack one of the sea hags. Yep, which one of the ones that's on the ship? Uh, number three, thank All you. Alright, rush up to Walk number three. Larry. Square her off. You square off in front of her, looking into her withered decrepit face. Roll to hit her, please. And charge letter. Yes. Oh, yes. I believe... Uh, where's the D8? Okay. I rolled a 15. That Pretty is sure a hit, hit for a sea hag. So you may roll your damage if you're spending a charge. <laughs> it's, if you're, so if you're doing goading attack, your damage altogether, including your superiority dice, is 2d8 plus 1d6. Okay, 2d8 plus 1d6. Well, shit, where the my d6? Ugh, I got one in Okay, so all together. Okay, lock this in. 5 for the first d8. 8 for the second d8. So that's 13 plus d6 of 4. Uh, 17 points. Ooh, 17 points. Unfortunately, the sea hag passes her wisdom save. So she does not fall for your goading attack, but that was some good damage. Uh, second shot? Yep, you may go for your second hit. Can I, make, can I expend another superiority die to uh, do it again? Um, if you'd like to do another, yeah, as long as you've got a superiority die left, you can do that. Uh, so roll to hit they recharge? First. Yeah, they recharge every time you have a long rest, I believe. So you should still have at uh, least one left. Okay, I'll, yeah, I probably won't use it then. I'll probably keep it for another time. Um, in the meantime, freaking let's charge play them. All right, roll that's it. That's a there. thirteen. Thirteen. Unfortunately, that's plus not four, a 17. hit. Oh, that's a hit. Go ahead, roll your damage. One d eight plus one d six. Oh, okay. Um, that's four plus three. That's seven plus uh, charge play plus four. So it's eleven points of damage. Ooh, nice. She curses at you. Ah! It is now Mujarib's turn, and as a frightened newt, he scurries below deck. It is Bulb's turn. 
I am going to lightning strike up here so it hits the two sea hags. Yep. Dex saves. Dex saves for the two sea hags. That is a 19 and a 10 on uh, sea hag 1 and 3, respectively. So the 10 fails. That is 22 damage. 22 damage. The Sea Hag 1 takes 11. Sea Hag 3 takes 22. And she screams, Ah! Aren't they weak, didn't you say? Yes, they are weak. So 22. 44. Sea Hag 3 screams, Ah! Curse you! As she drops dead on the deck. Yay! It is I now, did something good! <laughs> did something good. It is now Veska's turn. She casts Magic Missile at Giant Octopus 2, hitting it for 15 points of force damage, causing it to writhe around in pain. It is now the enemy's turn. Sea Hag 2 floats up onto shore next to Bulb, and reaching out a decrepit sea... Worn Hand casts Bestow Curse. You need to please make a Wisdom save. Was that me, sorry? Yes, yeah. Bulb. Son of a bitch, I gotta stop using that dice. Um, oh. What is my Wisdom? Uh, it's a nine. Oh. She says, May you feel pain. More greatly than before! <laughs> and she places a curse upon you that makes it that whenever you are attacked by an enemy, those attacks deal an extra 1d8 necrotic damage to you. Oh, son of a bitch. And that is a Fun permanent lines. curse until oh. you can get rid of it. Oh, and oh, I took off. Fucking remove curse as well. God damn it. Sea <laughs> Hag one oh, steps well. forwards in front of Sir Lucian and she casts uh Ray of Sickness upon him. And unfortunately her ray of sickness is blocked by his shield, which he throws in front of himself at the Green sickly ray disperses, splashing all over the deck. Sea Hag 4 decides to cast Lightning Bolt upon Ava. Ava passes her deck save and takes 12 points of lightning damage. Giant Octopus 2 reaches out at Salida with its tentacles. It hits her, dealing 10 points of bludgeoning damage, and she is grappled. It pulls her under the water and attempts to start drowning her. It is Salida's turn. She manages to hold her breath long enough to avoid taking damage, but she cannot break free from the octopus's tentacles. Bobbit, yeah. it's your turn. Well, I was originally going to cook the damn thing with burning hands, but that's not a good idea right now if it's holding Salida. Yeah, yeah, you don't mm. want to lose your guide. Yeah, that might be awkward. Okay, well... I'm either trying to shoot it again... Yeah, I'm probably just going to have to do that and hope that that uh, does enough damage then. Alright. Taking damage, um, you cannot break... Yep. 
How we're did just you... gonna keep. How did you go? Uh, well, it's a 19 plus 8, so I assume that, that hits. Yeah, that's a hit. Roll for damage. Oh, that's much better. That's uh, nine, 14 points of uh, force damage. Yep. Force piercing damage. Sorry. Yep. You fire your gun. Bang! Hitting the giant octopus square between its two wires. Blood spurts forth as it sinks under the waves. Salida sits there treading water, coughing, spluttering. It is Ava's turn. She makes three attacks against Sea Hag 4 and... Wow, she nat 20 on two of these. Wow. Plus, she's pissed. Um, I, think, yeah, I think she's a little bit pissed yeah. off. Uh, so altogether, that's going to be 33 points of damage. Sea Hag 4 screams in pain and terror as she, dr as she sinks dead below the ocean's waves. Good. It is now Veska's turn. She rushes up to Sea Hag 2 and rolls with advantage to hit it. She hits it and deals 5 points of slashing damage. Sir Lucian, it is your turn. Alright. Sea Hag number 1. I think it's time to die. Yep. Alright. Uh, that is a... Don't worry, uh, that's a 5, so I'll go for my extra attack. Yep. That is... Nineteen. That is definitely a hit. Roll your damage. Alright. D8. That is three plus four. That's seven points of damage. Seven points of damage. Ooh. That is... That is not bad. It doesn't kill her. She's still up. And she just glares at you. Bring it, bitch. And as a... And... And... Uh, who had... Uh, and as a reaction, she casts Phantasmal Killer upon you. Please make a wisdom save. Uh, that is a definite fail of number four. Yep, oh, you're immediately no. frightened on, of give this sea hag. You're immediately frightened of this sea hag and you run to the bow of the ship. It is what, now really? Bulb's turn. Um, <clears throat> I am going to, once again, use my action to call down lightning from my existing lightning storm. Yep. Just keep doing it. Just and keep bring it. I'm going to cast it here so it doesn't hit Visco or yep. myself. And it hits Sea Hag 2. Yep, make a dexterity saving throw, please. Yep, it fails. It fails, so it's gonna take double damage. Yes. Good. This is gonna hurt like hell. 18, so 36 Six, damage. 36 damage. Sea Hag 2 screams, and she dives over the side of the ship and then lands limply floating dead on the surface of the water. Good. It is Sea Hag 1's turn. She turns her gaze towards Sir Lucian as she can no longer cast spells, as that was a coven ability. Oh. And she casts uh. Death Gaze. Sir Lucian, please make a wisdom save. Oh no. Uh, we had hags are scary in covens. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Thirteen. So bad in groups, this is horrifying. Yeah, you pass. Oh, from yeah. The... oh shit, that is just a pass. Yeah, you pass. If you had failed, 
what Death Gaze does is she gazes at any person who's frightened, and if they fail the death, if they fail the wisdom save, they instantly die. So yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. No, we'll be back. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. So that's her turn. Uh, it is Selena's wow, turn. Hey, at least it would have taken care of the. Uh, yeah. Hey, at least you wouldn't have been sick from the uh, death curse. Yeah, I know you would have just died. Selena swims to the side of the ship, climbs up, rushes as far as she can, and she fires her short bow at the sea hag, but unfortunately misses. Bobbit, it is your turn. Yeah, I mean, everyone's shooting at things at the moment, so it seems like the cool thing to do. Yep, still flying up yeah, in the yeah, air. Yeah, yep. Oh, which means I still get advantage. Nice, first roll's better. Uh, 23. 23, that's a hit. Roll for damage. Hmm. That's uh, gonna be 9 points of damage. It's just enough, though. You raise your gun and Ooh. fire. And where... There once was the sea hag's grinning, emaciated face. There is nothing. Her headless body falls to the deck. And combat Damn. is over. Ooh, okay. Wow, that was... Yeah. So those were... Sea, that was a coven of sea hags. And sea hags have a CR rating of three each. So the coven does... You know, make them formidable opponents. Yeah, um, is and, yeah, and were we, they really wearing anything? Uh, n they were just wearing, you know, old sea bitten robes and stuff like that. Their magic appears to have been innate, so they didn't have any wands or staves or anything. However, okay. you do find among one of the dead hags a small what appears to be a human eye coated in varnish set into the middle of a copper pendant. Ah, uh, Bobbit! <laughs> <laughs> Would you like Bobbit to take a look at it? Uh, yeah, this is more Bobbit's domain, I think. Alright, Bobbit, if you'd like to take a look, make an arcana <laughs> check. Okay, I have no idea what happened. My PC has decided to kick me off Discord, so I'm now on my oh, phone. Ah. The... Well, on one of the dead... Uh, Bulb wanted to search the Dead Sea hags, and one of them has a pendant that has set into it what appears to be a human eye covered in some sort of varnish. Well, that sounds just delightful. And he uh, immediately uh, sorry, said... I need to go on. Yeah, that's all right. We're at the end <laughs> anyway care. now, M1. We'll see you tomorrow, oh, okay. M1. Yeah, see you tomorrow. See you guys. See Thanks you, buddy. That's all right. That's an arcana check, correct? Yep. yep. And I'll give you a, I'll give you the help action if you don't. I mean, you, I mean, uh, I mean, you can still give me the help action anyway, just to see how high I can possibly get this check to go. Uh, okay, so it's going to be, I'm guessing, a twenty-nine cancel. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, it yeah. definitely passes. Nineteen plus ten for arcana. I. Okay, uh, you recognize it as what is known as a hag's eye. Okay. Usually, it is created by a coven of hags, and what it will do is that the hag who is attuned to it will be able to see whatever the eye can see. 
while that means at the moment it is useless to you, there is a chance that you may be able to uh, reverse engineer it or do something to it that would allow you to use this property. Hmm. Do keep in mind, however, that as a hag's artifact, it is an inherently evil object, and being attuned to it may have some bad effects in the long run. Mm. Well, while we may, while that is an option, we can also keep it to give to the crew to, yeah, give to the turtle, yeah, turtle a, dragon as a bona fide magic so item. Yeah, so it doesn't sink the ship when it heads back. And so, with that, as the sun begins to set, the ship winds its way across the coast, eventually coming to stop at a beach just outside the jungle. The great spires of of Mesro still visible, looking over you from beneath, from above the jungle canopy. Your crewmates help you disembark. The, the pack animals follow you onto the beach, and within an hour, they are set up with all of the supplies and equipment the merchant princes provided you for your expedition. Then, as the sky turns purple, as the first hint of nighttime begins to emerge. You hand the hag's eye to Jacob, the de facto leader of the crew, and send them on their way back to Port Nianzaru. They each bid you good luck and farewell, and inform you it was a pleasure working under you. And they continue to wave from the deck of the good fortune as it recedes into the distance until it is swallowed up by the vibrant purple sun and disappears into the steadily blackening waves of Kitchener's Inlet. And that concludes uh, this week's session. You get, a long, you get a long rest as you've reached your destination. Woo. So you come back fully healed next week. And you each gain one inspiration point. I hope you enjoyed the start of the Hex Crawl, and I'd like to thank everyone for watching. Yes, thank and, you, everybody. Um, yes, and just uh, just now that the session's over, I can actually address the chat a little bit. Thank you to BCG for joining us, as per usual. And hello... And being our Patreon supporter. Yes, and being our Patreon supporter. And thank you, and welcome, and hello to Ivy... Glad you could make yeah, it, yeah. Ivy. I, during these streams, I tend not to respond to the chat very much because we're in full immersion mode. Uh, getting better at doing it during video games. And if I see you, I'll say hello. We are all fine. We just came back from a break with D&D and we had an enjoyable session. And yes, unfortunately, Liam is not part of our group anymore uh, for some personal reasons. There's just some things going on in, you know... In, in real life that meant he can no longer be a part of the group on a regular basis, unfortunately. And it saddens us, but he gave us some good times, so... But regardless, mm -hmm. we hope you'll stick by us and uh, follow along and watch our adventures. Don't worry, we're all fine. We're all fine. It's nothing, nothing bad or anything that you need to worry about. But thank you for joining us today. And, um... 
Tomorrow, we will not be online. We'll be recording an in-person Call of Cthulhu session, but those will be going up sometime within the next few days on the weekend. And, of course, we'll be back next week for some more D&D, some Borderlands, and some Resident Evil. Well, yeah, Resident Evil, because it's not Call of Cthulhu week next week. <laughs> ah, yes, Ivy, thank you. These are all cuties. <laughs> thank you for your Aww. compliment, Ivy. We apologise for not getting much of a chance to talk to you, but uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you in one of the video game streams. But for now, mm -hmm. thank you once again to everyone who joined and stood by for our watched our adventure. And until next time, don't remove remove curse from your spell list. <laughs> hey, I have learned that now. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>